Oh my god, LCS is finally beginning, which means it's time for us to begin Hotline League. And we've, we began it last week, but we're re-beginning. It's a time of re-beginnings and renewal here on Hotline League episode 203. Of course, uh, the show brought to you by Alienware and Gamefield. want to shout them out, but I also want to shout out my constant co-host joining me this week. Newly, uh, newly announced beggar, uh, hobo. <laughs> uh transient uh see the man. thing is i was already all those things according to twitter and youtube like That's true when we did yahoo esports and i was gainfully em uh employed by multiple companies people already thought i was homeless yes that's true and now you're um well you are still gainfully employed by multiple companies yeah not uh, much just has changed one of them is travis gafford industries yeah um uh well we'll we'll get to your stuff here in a second uh, but I also want to uh, introduce our guest for this evening, which is Peter Dunn, coach of Evil Geniuses. How's it going, Peter? Hello, Travis. Looking forward to a great show of hot takes tonight. Very good. Yes. Well, if you if you don't mind, I must first ask my co-host. We don't normally do this, but I have to ask him a couple of questions because you had uh -oh. a, you had a, well you had a big announcement on Friday which is that you're very sad about how you're not going to be on the broadcast every day um, anymore and you, you're, you're down a little bit. Uh, for those that don't know me, they can go watch the video on my YouTube channel because there's nothing I enjoy more than monetizing Mark's emotions, uh, especially yeah, sadness. Already to the tune of 100,000-ish views. Mark, yeah, well, yeah. here's the funny story, guys. Mark, I was, I was busy that during the time whenever he was going to post it because originally we were going to post it on Friday. And then there was some other stuff that came out, so we pushed the announcement to Saturday. Mark, for the first time ever, uploaded a video to my channel. I gave him editor permissions. I opened it up, and it was like, this is your number one performing video. It's got 10,000 views, and it's not monetized right now because Mark had not switched on monetization. Oh, well, because I didn't I, – yeah, I didn't – well, first off, I didn't want to monetize the video. And, like, I didn't know what your – because you can choose how many ads go in. And, like, some – your hotline league VODs, there's ads, like, every two seconds. Mm. No, that was so, – uh, like, I didn't – we actually that's a good point. I should apologize for that. So so for those that don't know on YouTube, on long videos, if you just hit monetize and you don't actually go in, it just slaps them in. Yes, yeah. it just shoves a ton of ads in um and and so once every year or so myself or my podcast editor like doesn't ch go in and manually fix that. And so we find out that we made the mistake Whenever I see a bunch of comments that are like, Travis, you selfish, terrible human being. How, what is up with ads every two minutes on this show? And I'm just like, well, I don't know why YouTube thinks it's a good idea to just by default slam ads in for every two minutes. But by the way, your video is less than eight minutes, so you can't even add additional ads in, Mark. Uh, just so you know. Oh, so I, I didn't know it was going to happen. So that's why I, I didn't want to monetize it because I was yeah. like, I don't want this to have like a bunch of ads in it and look kind of scummy. No, no, no. <laughs> Uh, but I, but I don't then mind pre-roll so on then... it. Yes. I now have to pay you to do um, a blame game every week. So I don't How mind. are we splitting up ad revenue? <clears throat> we didn't really talk about that. I think we talked about a rate, a flat rate for each episode. Let's talk about ad revenue. Oh, boy. I thought we were going to talk about your new world. And uh, what's, what's how... Well, here, let me ask you. People can go watch the video. They can get the update on everything that's happening for Mark. But... Uh, what did you think of the reception to everything? I mean, it was a uh, it was positive, I guess, uh, more than even more than I thought it would be. So it was nice to see a lot of people reached out, had kind words. I appreciate all of it. I read pretty much everything. 
even though I was like, you know, kind of taking Sunday off, I still checked everything on Monday or uh, Saturday night before I like dipped out. Was there anything <laughs> in particular that uh, stood out to you or uh, anything that was interesting? Um, no. Okay. Okay. Great. Well, I'm glad we could dive in on that. Um, no, but for the, uh, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, yeah, I, I was. It was fun streaming while it kind of came out because it allowed me to do something other than check social media relentlessly. So I streamed yeah. at when the video came out. Yeah. Um, and I've been taking my my attempts to become a real streamer by getting emotes and badges and well, I haven't done badges yet. That's a lie, but like alerts and stuff like that. And I don't know if this works or not, but. I think I have an emote to annoy you, but I, I don't know if other people can't do it if they're not mods. Freakstream just sent me a prime on the channel, Freakted, and says, I'm subscribing only for Mark Z. Please give him Wait. all of the money. <laughs> he has a channel, Freak, where you, you can go. Subscribe to me, Freak. What the fuck? <laughs> uh, Mark Z Everyone, does. Stop subbing here. Sub to me, and you get cat emotes. Yes. To spam. And you. See? Yep. Natural Ninja's got it. Yes, he can. Everybody else that wants to spam that emote definitely can, and we'll see what happens to them. <laughs> uh, Does it actually ban them? Oh my god, that's so fucked up. It's because it has the your emote has the word cat in it. Yeah, but you can't like th that. Doesn't that sound fucked up that you can just like ban other people's emotes accidentally because like they had a word that you didn't like in there? Yeah, there's the what is that? It's like jam cat or what's the the cat? one that people use the dancing yeah, that's, BT, that's bttv that's not like an actual approved emote by twitch. no it there is like a, a twitch a... one that has a cat in it that people use and uh and that one also people will sometimes try to use when music plays on the on my channel or whatever like i'm got some video and that one will also uh, but i have to uh about. cool cat cool cat sean seanatown <laughs> was using it yeah all right i'll have to change the name of it so people can spam my cat's face yes well, uh, no, not, <laughs> none of that stuff in the chat, please. Uh, Natural Ninja, I think, is going to lose his mod ship here in a second for uh, for doing that. There's if people want to use the the cat spam, they can spam the Kobe A chat uh, one in the chat. Uh, my preference though is for Kobe Nay. Okay. Um, well, for those that don't, actually, you I don't think you got into it in the video. Or I didn't watch you. You did a different edit, I think, of the one you uploaded, so I didn't see it. But did you explain what blame game is for those that don't know? Because it's yeah, coming back I, to I, the channel. I did. I did your suggestion. The blame game will be coming back. I recorded one this morning that should hopefully be out on Wednesday on Travis's YouTube channel. It's got a spicy topic, I think, so people should enjoy it. But there's no gameplay. It, the, the big thing about the blame game was it was gameplay analysis, uh, but there's no gameplay yet. So I just kind of recorded a different time, but. Do you do you want to tease now? what it is? Wait, what did you say, Peter? Are you only going to be doing NA for playing it? Yeah, I only ever really covered NA anyways. So sorry to the EU people. People always ask. This is so fun. People are always like, what? Why? Why isn't anyone do the EU one? And I've always said people have my blessing to make an EU version of it. But I think people realize how much of a fucking nightmare making that show is on your own, and no one had ever tried to copy it, which I think speaks to how fucking obnoxious it is to make. Well. That just reminded me that I somebody reached out to me during the break about doing one of the a version of one of my shows, and then I never got back to them, and so now I feel like a jerk. I need to go. Oh, back. you ghosted them? Yeah. Remember I told you about that, and then yeah, I just got yeah, busy. Yeah, no, I know what I you're talking did. about. Yeah, yeah, you're a big jerk. Uh, oops. Okay. Well, what? Nothing. 
I don't want to say who it is or what it is because I don't want to throw their plans under the bus, but I need to reply to them. Um, okay. Anyway, hello, Peter Dunn. How are you? Good. <laughs> <laughs> a bit a bit tired, but because I LPL was first first uh, first week of LPL last night, so. Wait a minute. Peter, you're using Skype's audio. Am I? Yeah, you're muted on Discord right now. Ah, uh, that would explain why the sound quality is so bad. <laughs> you gotta, gotta do the switcheroo. Okay. Mute so, on Skype. For somebody who coaches an esports team, I, I'm pretty technologically <laughs> competent. Uh, Thank God you're, you're in person. I can't imagine you trying to coach remote. 203 episodes, that's the first time anybody's ever done that. Um... Thank you for catching that, Mark, because I was very confused because I was like, it seemed weird. Okay, whatever. Anyway, so LPL kicked off last night. How was it? I mean, Emily uh, Rand will uh, rant about it tomorrow when we do Rift Reaction, but you can tell me about it now. It was everything you could possibly hope and dream for. Nice. There was high-quality League of Legends between Fun Plus Phoenix and we'll never give up, and you couldn't ask for anything more. Oh, and you got Sea Cream, who's like this... A young prodigy in China, like stomp on the talk gaming, but nobody cares. About yes, TSM did not get him. They didn't. That's true. That what was, a shame. That was one of the the big rumors in the off season. Um, okay, so uh, you you did that. How's how's getting ready for lock in? Because so one, can you actually tell us who the hell you guys are running? You, I mean, yes, we're we're going to be running Impact. Um, Who's my junk? Uh, inspired Jojo uh, Pian, uh, Danny, and Vulcan. Okay, very good. I like how for a second you weren't sure about the jungler. It makes me worry that you guys have somebody else you're running. Okay, so that's you're great. Running, you're starting the roster. <laughs> yeah, I mean we're, we're yeah. I mean everyone's been here since since you know before before Christmas. So do so we have any in, guesses? In, so we're all really happy. Who? How many? Uh, Peter, I don't know. Do you, one, Peter, do you know how much? What everybody else is running? Yes. Okay. So you know the <laughs> rosters ahead of time, like you know who's going to be able to field their full roster and who isn't. Well, I know who's been playing in scrims. Okay. Uh, um, Can you leak all of that for us? <laughs> nope. Can you? Okay. Uh, let me ask you this: Are you able to tell us? Do you think that the majority of LCS teams will have at least one sub? Because we know Cloud Nine. And TSM aren't able to. Dig posted theirs today that they they can't have somebody, so there's three. Um, I've heard Golden Guardians also won't be able to run their full lineup. Uh, so, so there's four. So there's only like, yeah, I think. The majority of LCS teams will be running their full rosters. The majority. Will be, will be running? Will be running their full rosters. Six out of ten? No, I, I, I'm not commenting. I, <laughs> I say the majority. There's ten teams in the LCS. The majority of the teams in LCS. Will yeah, be but you know what the word majority means. That means I, I, I know over five. Um, that's very confusing to me. I wonder what happened because um, I was under the suspicion that it was going to be more than five. Uh, that can't it's, win it. It's on. It. I would say that you know it's five point five. I would say. Okay. Well, I guess we're going to see what happens. Anyway, I'm happy for you that you get to run your full lineup because I think that that will be um, exciting. I Honestly, you guys might be the only... I'm trying to think. Are there any other, like, of the... Like, Hunter T will run the roster people know, although maybe they put Tenacity in. Um, but 
for the most part, I feel like you guys are going to be the only like big, exciting roster that uh, people get to see like the full lineup um, yeah. come to should come be. to play. So that's cool. Should be fun. Inspired yeah. is really getting used to um, his his bot lane play from Solo Q. Yeah, hundred percent win rate on support. I don't. I'm not going to say his win rate on jungle, but hundred percent win rate on support. Nice. How's how's he liking uh, NA solo queue? Is he one of those? <laughs> is he losing his fucking mind yet? He 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 really enjoys playing support. <laughs> oh no! Dear God, it's the uh, it's the uh, he's he's already his skills already begun to degrade. I can sense it right now. It's the constant EU player oh, coming it. over. I I, I I will say that inspired is probably no cer he's certainly the best jungler I've worked with in the West. Nice. Like he is significant like he, he this guy is better than he looks on stage in in person for, for well i'll tell you that. what matters is how they look on stage uh so i i'm hoping that he's i that's i mean maybe in one sense that's good news because it means that there's potential for you to bring it to to the stage but i am uh i don't know i'm, I'm curious to see how that plays I, out i mean what i would say is all this shows is that the quality of any solo queue is just incredibly high right so there's somebody of this caliber of player Clans better with support. Gotcha. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know. Uh, Mark, is there anything that you feel like we should get into before we do any calls? Anything you want to ask about the EG lineup or lock-in ahead of it? Uh, we got an EG lineup take and the thing, so I probably put too hard on it. But I'm excited that the majority of teams will have their lineups. I was worried, like you, Travis, that the majority wouldn't, and like a lot of the tournament would feel like a waste. So Yeah. Yeah, it's good news for me. I'm still somewhat suspicious of uh, of of Peter Dunt because it's it's. I'm curious to see how it's going to work out. Um, Peter, just just to be clear, <clears throat> yeah. When you say the majority of teams are running, they're starting like. Do you mean like the majority of the players total? Like if a team was three, like three of the NA players were here, but the two imports weren't, you wouldn't call that a like they're starting majority, right? I haven't screamed every team, but I from what I've heard from teams that we're not screaming, I think that the majority of people. Okay. Oh wait, I mean, you mean I, the majority I mean, of players? You no, so you I mean the majority of teams. Well, I mean, he, he means teams. Counting, okay. Are you counting core as a as a sub? Yes. Uh, yes. No, core core is a, a starting player. They said he's their starter. So. I, I mean, did they? Uh, I, I believe they did. I think up. people. I think when people saw that, because that's the thing for me is I've heard that core is probably not going to be able to play uh, in lock in. So when I was counting on my hand, and I'm like, okay. TSM, C9, uh, Dignitas, uh, what was the other one that I... Oh, Golden Guardians, and Team Liquid. For me, that's an easy five already, so we're already I, out I, of the majority. So I, I, I dispute the Team Liquid, but we, we okay. can count Team Liquid as my point five. Gotcha, okay. Um, well, I guess that provides a little context there. Okay, um, so what do we got this week? So... Um, we have one thing that I'm very surprised has not blown up on Reddit yet is the co-streaming changes, uh, which I'm very Did those get announced. Yes. It's Where? just, it's on, it. it's on the front page of Reddit right now on the links Reddit, but it's like way, 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 way low. Like nobody has really noticed it yet. Thank God the LEC put out wildfire today. That's all I fucking saw. Yeah. No, it's, um, changes to watch parties. Yes. 
Ah, so they hit it. Oh, that's so smart. They called it changes to watch parties instead of co-streaming. Yes. No one has any idea. Yes, and they hit it in the announcement around the schedule. Um, uh, oh, yeah, and they hit it in the section where it says where to watch. And so you just skim down. And you're like, oh, yeah, here we go. Then it says, additionally, we're adjusting watch parties for 2022 beginning with the lock-in tournament. The LCS will allow watch parties for specific parts of the season such as lock-in, super weeks, and playoffs. These watch parties will remain invite only. However, we'll look to ramp up the level of access we provide streamers by giving them access to pro players for interviews or enabling drops on their stream during special moments. So last year, Mark got to enjoy the experience of having to quote-unquote compete with the co-streamers for casting and analysis. This year, I get to enjoy the experience of getting to compete with co-streamers for interviews, player interviews. That will be very fun for me. Um, wow. Oh my God. X co-streamer does such a better job interviewing than Travis. Um, anyway, so that is, yeah, but they hit, they super hit it, which I think is very, very funny and, um, and somewhat impressive how well it worked. And I'm very, I'm very, it's very funny because then the Reddit thread used the title changes to watch parties for the LCS. So instead of using, uh, the Reddit thread, like, Co-streaming, well, you can't co-stream. Co you can you can just change it for for clicks though. You know, like yeah. if I was trying to get Reddit traction on something, I would totally title it. You know, co-streaming is dead in 2022 as we know it. You know, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Zot says, "Guess I won't watch LCS this year." Good job, right? Says a person who will almost definitely watch LCS this year, uh, which is uh, I think what everybody's going to come out and be like, "Oh my god, there's no world in which I ever watch." I guess I'm done. And then they will definitely watch. Um, I mean, do we know for sure that he watched LCS this year? Uh, well, I guess that's... Uh, they're watching Hotline League, which is virtually exclusively about... Uh, well, uh, they might just be a huge fan of me. Yeah, or, or Travis. I'm, I'm no. looking at their comments <laughs> to see if they... In my chat to see if they've ever said anything about watching in the past year they've definitely had a lot of opinions on the performance um, well, wait, see he said that he watched because of them and he won't watch now so what you have to do uh, is see okay. this is the last time we're gonna see him hey man she. i really appreciate you watching the lcs through the years but yeah he's gone now yeah it's really sad yeah <laughs> at one point in time their opinion they said and on the in january of last year they said spawn is so hot um, I, this person just sounds like they have good taste. I don't know if they're trying to roast them or what. But. I, I was just, I just scrolled to that part. And I noticed and then spotted chat says that's true. There we go. Uh, we're bringing people together on this, on this show. Um, so anyway, I'm sure we'll have some people that will call in about the changes to watch parties for the LCS. Um, and then... Uh, what else? Obviously, some some lock in takes. People lock, can yeah, lock in, call in, and talk about uh, some of the roster stuff that's coming. Maybe you think EG is gonna <laughs> win everything because well, Mark is dealing with his cold um, and won't mute on on uh, Discord. Um, and then, <laughs> oh, please don't do that. I feel I'm sorry, podcast listeners. Maybe you have an opinion on against the current wildfire. I have an opinion on wildfire. I will put this out there right now. And Mark and Peter, you guys can let me know what you think. I think it is an excellent song that seemed to have like nothing to do at all with LEC. And I actually think they tried in that video 
too hard to like ride the line. Like I'm not, people are going to think I'm dogging on the song or the music video. It's phenomenal. But in the past, they were able to much more closely link the music to whatever is happening in LEC. And uh, this one just felt like a world's anthem type thing. And in fact, I think in the music video, it was incredibly distracting because they kept cutting away from like the cool music video to just show random shots of the team logos, which I think did not work out very well. And so my opinion is that in the future, they should pick a lane uh, with these LEC things. They should either go further in and just make awesome, awesome music like they did here, or they should go back and do more like parodies, like Reckless With My Heart and all that stuff. That is my take. Did you prefer uh, the G2 video? What's that? Oh, I've not seen the G2 video, but I've heard I'm supposed to watch it. I hear uh, Carlos sings. Uh, I didn't watch it either. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's been busy over here, all right? We want me to start. You were streaming Genshin for hours. I was beating my head into a wall. This is why. Uh, there's. Was there any comments when you were looking at all the social media? Like, Mark doesn't even like LCS anymore. Now he's just a Genshin guy. He lost his passion for LCS. Maybe that's why they cut him. I'm just waiting for Lost Ark, honestly. I don't care about either. Okay, well... Don't tell our new Resin Refresh viewers. <laughs> All right. Um, so there's that stuff to talk about. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Has Twitch chat thought of anything that we're missing? I guess people could call in and talk about the the uh, new season changes. Um, and obviously I'm not big brain enough to be able to talk about Chem, Chem Dragon. Um, Chem Tech Drake. Whatever. I, people At some point in time, Drake became the... The European, it used to be North Americans called it Dragon and Europeans called it Drake. And now Drake's became the new meta uh, to say. It's very sad. Um, okay. <laughs> I think that that might be most of it. So there's a decent amount to talk, talk about. Whoopley trying to push Academy Amateur uh, content into the show. Dear God. Resident Sleeper. No one cares about any talent development. Travis hates Amateur. Well, please most say. i i i yeah me too yeah exactly um okay just somebody's actually gonna believe that all right uh we've got our waiting room filled up so i guess mark doesn't have to give the spiel on no spiel going. tonight we're diving in let's okay. get some calls for peter That's to up. roast these idiots go okay <laughs> off he goes thank you to a bunch of people who subbed including kyle 0808 who's a tier two and Maxi, uh, Weather Mullet, Freak Stream, of course, Coinshot Quoth, great name, fucking love it. Ari Waddle, a Yeshua for a whole year, Gengarifith for 18 months, Sky G, uh, Tom Shu, Neo Rivendare, Green Giant, uh, Lysynthia, Vector, uh, Asel One Trick gifted a sub to Mark, great for him, UCF Xantha, Mark's taking a while, sorry, Weebly. Boosted Clown Fiestas, America Vespucci, and it's Kyler. Uh, Mark should be... And here he is. Ron Blade is here. Ron Blade, where are you calling from? Calling from Sydney, Australia. Sydney, Australia. What do you want to talk about on the show? So I think that uh, it's great that Peter's here because my take is that evil geniuses have taken the biggest risk of the offseason and that reportedly, you know, Travis Gafford reported that they had the option to run Jensen Doublelift 
Uh, and let's be real, Impact inspired Jensen Doublelift Falcon. That roster goes to Worlds regardless. Like I, you can't convince me that there's a world where that roster doesn't go to Worlds. And so by not going with that, instead with going with Jojo and Danny, I think it's the biggest risk of the offseason because they're hoping that, you know, this roster can be even better. Uh, but I do think that it's not a certainty that this roster goes to Worlds. Well, I agree with this take, and I've talked about this a lot, I think, in my offseason coverage. So I'm kind of curious, Mark, do you want to you want to roll out your take on this? I feel like I've said it before as well, um, but I'm very curious to hear Peter's perception of it, but I guess we'll, I'll, I'll throw my two cents quick, which is that um, I think it's somewhat of a risk, though I don't think that when you invest in two young NA players who, I have to check their contracts, but I think you have a couple of years with them at least, uh, that you they need to renewed. win immediately. What's that? They just renewed, I think. Both of them, I want to say, or at least one of them. Mm-hmm. Both of them. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, so like I don't think they're betting on the future, not just this year. So I don't think it's 100% worlds or bust when you have two young players who you think are maybe the future of the scene in their positions. But at the same time, Impact and Inspired and probably Vulcan as well are not going to be happy to like handhold these shitters if their first year is a struggle and like, you know, Danny goes through some sophomore slump. So like I, I think I'm, I'm not quite on like it's the biggest risk of the offseason. Because I think there's a world where, you know, they get fourth and it sucks, but, you know, they feel good about going to next year or something. I, I don't know. But um, it's it's more future-oriented than I think it's like a, I, they must win this year. At least I guess, that's my perception. I would just add that with Worlds in North America this year, I feel like the stakes are that little bit higher. And I guess it's also just to me, it's a, the risk in that the other option was on the table. Like, and so, yeah. This, yeah, I it, think it's, it's a, a crazy choice. risk, Mark. I agree with Ron Blade. Like, I... I, and this is, you know, everybody's going to be like, oh, it's double left. But, like, to Ron Blade's point, you know you run that roster. You are going to Worlds. Jojo Pyun might be great, but also, like, the fucking uh, team, uh, collegiate is is littered with the corpses of would-be next NA amazing LCS players um, who went up and didn't do well and then washed out or like bounced between Academy and LCS for a long time. So like I am fully aware and we're going to hear from Peter in a second about how Jojo is the most surest bet of all time and is the new God emperor of the LCS and will be spanking Bjergsen uh, in Locken. But I, I, I am uh, like, this is still a person who has not played a single LCS game versus for instance, Jensen who, uh, was incredible during Worlds. And uh, so I, I, I can't imagine how it would be not a risk. I mean, I mean, all I can say is, didn't you see the news of, you know, there's been a massive conflict within EG between senior management and coaching staff about who should be brought in and things like this? Wait, where uh, was this? I missed it. This was I, reported somewhere? I, I mean, it reported everywhere, no? The, the, the coaching staff uh, really wanted JoJo and senior management wanted others. No, I mean, oh. of course, it's nonsense. I didn't even speak to Jensen this offseason. I mean, like, if somebody had said humanoid, then fine. But, like, I mean, I don't think this I don't think this is a risk at all. Um, I mean, I think that, you know, obviously I was a bit nervous going into first day of scrims, but I'm not nervous anymore. I'm really looking forward to locking. I think that the people who don't know who JoJo... So the people that don't know that don't watch academy don't know how good jojo pion is and the people that um uh don't know will know very soon um and 
Um, I think that he's a very good AD carry. He can play Jinx incredibly well. Um, and we'll have him playing, you know, inspired playing support, and it will all work out perfectly. This inspired support thing is very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, no, but... Wait, uh, was that the video sorry. you guys tweeted? I saw you guys tweeted an inspired <laughs> video. I didn't watch it. Um, no, no, no. Uh, okay, serious points on this. Uh, is it a gamble? Yes. Um, but, I mean, what, what do you have to lose, right? Failing to get out of groups at once again. I mean, it's it's not that right? Go, go... If, if you have a player that you think is, is good enough, and we think that Jojo and Danny are both good enough, you know, let's be clear. I may not have spoken to Jensen this offseason, but I have spoken to Double F many times in the past. Um, and I have nothing but respect for this guy. Um, you know, EG spoke to him last offseason. He didn't want to join, which is his, his choice. Um, but, you know, he's gone on stream and talked about his reasons and, you know, talked about talked about various things. Um, but now we have Danny and... You know, I'm I'm very happy with how Danny is right now. Um, so for me, I don't see what the gamble here is. I can understand how on the outside it can look like a gamble, but the I think the problem is that so many people have been hyped unreasonably in the past that now people don't believe hype anymore. And I think that's a good thing because it will give um, people time to develop and people to grow into their role. Um, and I believe that once lock-in comes, once once people see uh, the team in lock-in, there won't be any questions anymore. Uh, so so you, you said that you never talked to Jensen and stuff. It sounds like those rumors were not very close to coming true, even though there probably were some discussions. Um, it doesn't sound like that was... If you they had, they had Jensen, the fucking but, option, Mark. I'll tell you that much. Maybe they didn't they, they, they had the option, but I'm just saying that like it doesn't sound like they went very far down that road, and it wasn't like, oh god, which one do we pick? You know, it didn't it didn't sound like that from from what Peter just said there. I, I mean, let's let's be clear on this, right? Like everyone on the EG, uh, this is not like a an internal conflict, right? Like I mean, it was very clear when I joined when I joined EG last year that this is what we wanted to do. Um, you know, uh, I had a really good time working with Jizuke, um, but um, it was, he had, he decided to explore his options. And once once he, once the decision was made, then it was very clear that Jojo was the next person. Um, and, you know, maybe, maybe there's a world where Chovy decides he wants to come to North America and begs to join Evil Geniuses. Um, and maybe then he's not. Maybe, maybe then uh, Jojo would have had stayed in the academy. But but the way that it is now, um, I mean, I don't think. Yeah, exactly. As Nightfiend says in the chat, we finally got we finally got uh, Chovy. So so and to I'm be clear, to I know you were joking <laughs> earlier when you mentioned like maybe if someone had said humanoid, but I'm pretty sure somebody somewhere at Evil Geniuses at some point in the off season said humanoid. Uh, so I just, I think it's interesting that like, I mean, not to, not to try to spit this up into a, they chose Jojo over humanoid, but like he, he was around during the off season. Like, I think that that was a potential option. For I, you guys. I heard some funny stories. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, look, all I'm going to say is on the outside, it looks like a gamble. Um, I think that, however, the people that think it's a gamble are treating North America as a uh, individual region rather than treating teams as individual entities, right? Um, and, you know, I'm not the kind of guy who will go out and 
throw everything uh, on a rookie if I don't think that they have the, the the talent to do it. And you know, you just look at people like you look at you look at the Mad Lions roster, which had what, five rookies, um, and of those rookies, Arome, you know, had had a rough time of it and has gone publicly and explained why that was. Shadow was a top ten jungler in LPL last year, uh, and then the other three are two times NEC champions, right? So, so, and then Danny was promoted. Danny was promoted there. And you look in, you look in Brazil. It's a similar thing in Brazil, right? Uh, I mean, the only person that I could say maybe wasn't didn't fulfill his potential was a right? And Arobi was still third team all pro, right, in twenty twenty. So uh, twenty twenty summer. So I mean, I think that you shouldn't treat people that think this is a risk of treating North America as an entire region and saying, look, there's no. North American talent. Look at all these North American players who have been hyped up to me in the past. Um, I don't have faith in North American talent anymore. Rather than thinking, okay, EG, this is what EG want to do with their project. This is um, EG have already demonstrated that they believe in talent and they promoted Danny and he was really really good last year. So rather than giving EG the benefit of the doubt, it's painting the entire region with one paintbrush, right? And that's why that's why people think that this is a risk. I don't think that's why people think it's a risk, Peter. I think it's because you guys chose a player who's never competed in the LCS before over a player who's had the most international success as a North American or as a mid laner in North America yeah. over all these years. You know, better, like better I'm not I'm not saying you shouldn't have made this decision. I think it is really exciting, and quite frankly, yeah. it is more interesting for me as somebody who gets to cover the league <laughs> than if you guys had just done the like, oh, here, Jensen, have a mid lane position. Yeah. But but it's um, I think it's. I think it's a little unfair to say that, it, like, I I think you should, like, I get you have to defend your boy, but, like, it's good if people are saying, like, this is a risk because it's it's adding stakes, I think, a little bit to the league yeah. and to the team. Yeah, no, I, I agree, but I think if you put it like this, right, we have, you know, tons and tons of uh, video material, right, on, on all the players. <laughs> we're, not, we're not just picking players out of nowhere, right? We have, we have... Um, we have all of the 10 1 Syndra games in 0 13. Man, what was he playing when he went 0 13 against CLG Academy? I can't, I can't even remember that game. I've, I've wiped it out of, my, uh, out of my mind, right? But we have, we have a year's worth of video, a year's worth of coaching in person, right? This isn't like in Europe where a lot of the, um, a lot of the academy teams are us in separate regions, right? Um, from, from where their home team is. Um, and obviously, we wouldn't be promoting Jojo if we didn't think that he was ready, right? It's that simple, right? And Worlds is in North America this year. It's clear that Worlds is in North America this year. And not going to Worlds is not really acceptable for EG, right? So, you know, may, may, maybe this is a gamble. Maybe maybe it doesn't work out. Maybe I'm not coaching EG next year, right? Um, but uh, I believe that this was the best way to not only qualify EG for Worlds, but to go as far as they possibly can at Worlds. Um, and this was a decision. This was we, you know, there's nobody that was off the table for EG within within reason. You know, I, I don't think Chovy was on the table. I don't think Rookie was on the table. Right? But I think that a lot of uh, a lot of people that that were available, it wasn't a case of EG because people are saying, oh, this is a move to to cut funding or something like this. At no point in the season did I ever feel that that was that, that was an issue. Right. So so that that's how much we believe in him. Obviously we looked at our tape. Obviously there were meetings after meetings after meetings after, you know, VOD reviews of after all of these things. Obviously people that 
such as Inspired, who wanted to come to EG, um, said things like, show me some video, right? Show me, like, if you, you want to bring me here, you want to put me with a rookie mid laner, show me some video of this guy, okay? And you just made a highlight reel. You got the EG content team to make a, a <laughs> highlight reel. There you go. Uh, how, how much shaky cam and like special effects were thrown in there to really sell him? <laughs> oh, uh, th there was a glitter, you know? You've got to have glitter and sparkles, <laughs> yeah. you know? Uh, I would say that um, the fact that Inspired came is probably like the most reassuring thing about the whole situation because you know best like arguably best western jungler right now is crazy that you know he could have gone anywhere and so the fact that he was happy to come it also just means jojo is like super well set up to do well right because it's like if he doesn't look good with the best western jungler next to him then like there's only himself to blame yeah i agree and you know if only they practice more mid jungle and solo queue instead of bot lane i hope you guys are watching this by the way stop playing stop playing bot lane and solo queue go play mid jungle um, but <laughs> but they're building up but they're definitely building up this energy uh and scrims have been you know it's it's very cheesy to go and say you know uh scrim going well can't wait for lcs um but i'm gonna say i can't wait till I can't wait to lock it and let's go and see how it goes. I, 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 I was going to wrap the call, Mark, but I, I do. Do you have any calls My, about the, a... the video with uh, Team Liquid and Papa Smithy? No, actually, I, I don't. I'm not. I don't think I saw this even. Oh, you didn't. Uh, OK, go ahead. Mark. No. Um, so my thing was actually, you know, how like players can have you said that you found your Chovy or whatever and players can have the same names like there's two Vipers, you know, have, have you ever considered making uh, Jojo name change to Chovy and I... just getting people <laughs> super fucking hyped. You're like, oh my god, they got Chovy and people don't realize and then Inspire's like, I'm playing next to Chovy, let's go. Chovy with a zero, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah um, I mean, maybe. Why, why not get uh, why not get uh, Daddy to name change to, to Uzi as well? There you go. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> no, uh, but okay look i acknowledge i acknowledge there's a risk here but there's a risk with signing any roster right you know there's many people have built super teams in the past and those super teams haven't worked out there's a risk in in any kind of in any kind of move that you choose to you choose to make but obviously we have a huge amount of faith in our players and i don't think there's anyone in eg across the entire uh organization that doesn't have faith in the roster that we put together okay uh, before we wrap up the call, because it's going kind of long, Mark, I just linked yep. you the tweet, but I'm play it on stream. 100, 100 Thieves, you're on deck. So, Mr. Papa Smithy, who do you want to choose to go into TL's group? So, 100 Thieves will be choosing Evil Geniuses to send to Group B. Oh, that's just the wrong. Right. That's for those that don't know who cussed. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. That was Andre from Team Liquid, uh, or Gyoto. Uh, unhappy to have EG end up in his his group, Group B. Uh, I, have a, I have a very good follow up call to this. Okay, okay. Wait, should we should we do that then? We'll we'll wait until that call. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The way to do it. Okay, Ron Blade. Thank you so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we take a quick break? Uh, yeah, I want to shout out EG for bringing Inspired over. That's pretty awesome. I want to shout out uh, Mark. Obviously, sucks to hear you won't be on the broadcast as much, but. Uh, really keen for the content you're putting out with Travis. I actually am a little worried that this was Travis's doing because he just wanted you to have to send him your invoices on a more regular basis. And uh, <laughs> But yeah, hoping that you get to do some more casting this year as well because I really loved your casting, actually. I thought that was like used you in a different way that was really fantastic so yeah hope you get a bit more time doing that as well anyway have a great day yeah i think that you could you, you could argue i both needed mark's content or i also now have to 
I'm financially responsible for filling a salary gap uh, that he has right now, or revenue gap. Anyway, thank you, Rob Blade, for the call. We'll catch you next time. Okay. Cheers. Um, off we go to the next call. Actually, we're going to take a break, but now Mark's left, so he's leaving. So we'll just take the break after the next call. Uh, Filth Monk, thank you for the uh, Prime Pro Star as well. And Casey Bryan, thanks everyone for the subs. Oh, uh, RVG's Real Foxy won for 50 months. 5 0. That's crazy. Uh, wow. Okay. Uh, Mark should be back here. Oh, he's here. JK Juicy Kim is here. JK Juicy Kim, where are you calling from? You're muted right now, so you'll need to unmute. There you go. There we go. Um, I'm currently from Los Angeles, California. Nice. What do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, I just want to focus on Group A only, talking about there's a slight closely close uh, matchup between uh, Cloud9 and Golden Guardians. Uh, the rest of the teams, I don't believe they they don't have the capacity nor the uh, potential to really match their level. Especially what I, I what I found about Golden Guardians is that Golden Guardians. Uh, they seem to have a really good uh, roster lineup for this kind of lock-in, especially with uh, uh, former TSM uh, player Loss and Ole. I especially took interest in Ole because Ole was in 2018 with Doublelift in Team Liquid, where they beat the 2018 C9. That's why I'm. That's why I'm hoping they will have a close matchup because um, although Cloud9 do does does have the Korean imports of Summit, Berserk, and Winsome, Golden Guardians. Uh, with Ole Licorice, Licorice did again. Licorice did have amazing record internationally, also, and Lost also had an amazing, uh, amazing performance in TSM. I just think that with them and Golden Guardians and Cloud Nine, it's only the two of them that just seem like they would have a better performance this lock in. And so you... uh, TSM Hundred Thieves FlyQuest, not good. So you're so you're saying? Can I answer this one? Yeah, yeah. I assume Golden Guardians not running the roster that you think that they're running, Collar. But go ahead, I, Peter. I, okay, so so I I believe that at lock in with Winsome Summit and Berserker doing everything that they possibly can, uh, <laughs> that Golden Guardians are still going to be able to win this matchup when the two teams play each other. Gotcha. I uh, think so too. Yes. So so to to be clear, Collar, have you heard about Cloud 9s roster for lock in? About the uh, what Ellis uh, did before? Yeah, Ellis said that they won't have the uh, the play all their players here. So their lineup. I'm here. Let me. I'm gonna go read this to you. Um, I have to go find it. Uh, it was it would do some visa problems, right? Yes. So uh, let me let me read you their I'm lineup sorry. right now, and and you tell me for for lock in, and tell me if you still think that they have that you still have the confidence in them that you think um that they that you had previously uh right. it is god i'm trying to find it it was from a while ago uh darshan blabber fudge zven and isles i mean zven did play with isles when he when zven got moved down to academy because uh he did want zven did want to like try to cool down quote quote and Seven did have some practice with Ios, so it wouldn't be that new for Seven to just come back with uh, said Ios. But then Ios is actually new to being in the LCS. How uh, we mentioned about uh, Jojo Pion, like you know, each moving up to to the LCS also. So this is going to be something like same same 
situation going on. Okay, so you're are you as confident in the lineup I just told you, Darshan Blaber, Fudge, Van Isles, as the team that you thought they were going to be running for lock-in? Not gonna lie, I don't. I, I'm not having full confidence in the, in this lineup. Anyways, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say that. But I do believe Cloud Nine will short uh, will clutch in being in first at least. Uh, Golden Guard is being second. Okay. Can I really quickly ask you why you are not as confident in Hundred Thieves? Uh, well, I do believe Hundred Thieves are while they have in their same roster and such. I just don't believe that. Uh, I don't know. I it seems like I don't think they're. I don't think within the lock-in, they're not just going to try to focus on. Uh. I, I mean, obviously, the idea is trying to be as the top of the, t- the top of the list as possible. I don't think that at this in the, at this situation, at this basically regular season, Thunder Thieves are not going to focus on um, just trying not to go as much as they can. I think they're just trying to experiment a little bit in order to. Uh, okay, so you you just don't think that they're the going to they take it practiced. as seriously. So yeah, okay. once they make it to the playoffs, basically they're going to take what they applied it and. Put it to work. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Peter Dunn uh, hand off hand off to this, and maybe we'll recontextualize it as Peter Dunn. What do you think of Group A? You guys are not competing in this group, so what do you what are your expectations based off of things that you know? I mean, C9 are going to be a very threatening team come the end of the year, right? Um, but I mean, they have three starters not in the country, right? <laughs> and they have three starters and a role swap mid. I mean. I'm sure Fudge will be a good mid laner by the end of spring, but he's literally just will swap, and three of their starters are in in crew. So I mean, so you don't have faith that Cloud Nine will take it. Uh, is it s- safe to say that you probably buy what everybody else is sort of buying, which is that Hundred Thieves will easily take first in this group? It's interesting because you mentioned that Golden Guardians won't be starting with their main lineup. Um, I, I can't confirm or deny it, but like if that's what's going around, so you have Golden Guardians without. Their main lineup, TSM, has said they're going to be running their academy team, right? Yes. So, so I mean, both of these guys should be able to get out of this group in theory, because um, four out of five people make it out, and then we see what happens afterwards. Okay. Uh, but I mean, hundred thieves are, have their full roster. They're the defending LCS champions. I mean, look, I love EG, but surely hundred thieves should be favorites for for Lockin, right? Yes. Um, I mean, I was just curious I'll... about Group A because that's what the call was about. Mark, go yeah, ahead. But yeah, but I. I mean, I'll say I'll say uh, the caller is on crack cocaine. I don't know <laughs> how you could say that Academy up rostered C9 is going to take down Hundred Thieves. I mean, even FlyQuest. At least it sounds like they have their main roster. Um, you know, Zerse and Poe and, and stuff like this. So you got some veterans. Golden Guardians. Rumor is they're not starting the main roster. TSM's not starting the main roster. It's you're trolling if you don't think Hundred Thieves is like the heavy favorite here. And there's no way that Cloud9 is like. Oh no, I'm not talking to it. I'm not talking that far into um, where it's going to be in the playoffs, like where it's going to be like, oh, who's going to remain at top? I'm just talking about in the regular season in the lock-in. Yeah, in the regular, just only in the regular season. I don't. Sorry, you just mean in lock-in. You wait, only in a lock-in. Yeah, I'm still saying you're on crack cocaine. I understood your take. Yeah, yeah, Uh, lock-in. I think is where you should be most. Uh, on the hundred thieves side, because in the regular season, maybe you're just, here. I'm going to help. Maybe you're con- maybe you're you, so lock in is the tournament that's starting this week, right. and 
So, I think we're all on the same page. I don't think there's any confusion. So so this is the part where you should be saying 100 Thieves is going to do really well because they're going to have like their full lineup and they're coming off of their win last year and like they went to Worlds. But Caller, you you could argue that later on maybe you expect Cloud9 to show up because LS will be over here and their players will be over here and everything's going to be great. So that's when you can have more faith in Cloud9. I guess so. <laughs> is, is Cloud9 your favorite team? It is, but I'm taking more interest in the Golden Guardians. It's all good. Um, anyway, we're going to wind down this call, but first I want to give you, caller, Game Fuel Victory, caller. Uh, congratulations. <laughs> oh uh, I think you could use some uh, help gaining uh, alertness, accuracy, and you could maybe use some vitamins A and B. And so I want to help you out uh, with this a little bit. It's going to be—it's designed to give you an edge. So next time, you can uh, you can go ahead and drink one of these, and and whenever Mark and Peter start challenging you on stuff, um, that'll be good. So I will—I'm going to send you a, a friend invite on uh, Discord, and then we'll we'll get you connected so that you can get a case of game feel. Um, okay, uh, thank you so much, caller. Anything you want to shout out before we take a quick break? Oh, I do want to shout out on Peter Dunn for actually making EG a much stronger uh, team and especially bringing Danny in because uh, other teams wouldn't usually bring rookie players in. But with Danny on the spot, as we saw in that uh, last year's performance, he's he, he actually did really well. So I actually liked how he made that kind of move. So thank you, Peter. Yeah. Thank you very much. Very good. Thank you so much for calling, and uh, we will catch you next time. Uh, feel free to hit me up on, on Discord. I'll, I'll hit you up later. Thank you. Okay, we're going to take a quick okay. break. Oh, Go ahead. What were you going to say, Mark? You, I was going to say two things real quick. One, I don't know what people's exact logic is going to be when I pull them. So when someone has an interesting take about how they think Group A is going to shake out, I'm like, I wonder how it's going to go. You know, like, I'm not asking people to type thesis for their takes. You know, I, I can't read if everyone's writing me paragraphs of reasoning. So you kind of just shoot from the hip. You never know what you're going to get. Um, and we got that. I mean, he says Cloud9 Academy is going to be better than 100 Thieves, right? That's essentially what the take is. It's not even their academy team. It's a <laughs> yeah. Frankenstein team. Uh, Sven's not even on Academy. Sven's oh, a true. Cloud9 amateur player. Um, and they're bringing him up. This is uh, this is some some uh, Danny energy or something. I don't know. Anyway. The, the other real quick thing I was going to ask, because I, I thought we'd find a way to tie in the whole EG getting sent to Group B thing. Um, Peter, are you disappointed to... To be in Group B because it kind of influences scrims and stuff. Do you wish you were in Group A or like do you do you have much of a preference at all about how you got seated? I mean, we would never pick TSM if we knew that we we're gonna play their academy team. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I was really happy. Oh, was you like, guys! Oh, so we oh. didn't see the video. So sorry. I guess I didn't realize you guys chose to send TSM to the other yeah, side. Yeah, it bounces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, I know so, it, it bounces, but I guess I just didn't think about it yeah. that way. So 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 I was, when I saw it, I was like, "Holy moly! We get Cloud Nine, we get Scrim TSM, we get Scrim Hundred Thieves. Wow! Like this is this, you know even Golden Guardians, right? Like they they have a pretty good roster. Holy, it's 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 good. It's it's all go, guys. Uh, and then we heard all the news. So. It feels like <laughs> you guys should have known the rosters of the teams that were going to be played before you had to do this. Yeah, uh, it of... is true that like. They drew. I mean, we we did a dive for the lock in last week. Or oh, wasn't was this in December that they did it? Yeah, they did it in December. They've been uh, like putting this stuff out right. for a while. Okay. Yeah, we did like a holiday dive where we talked about this. So like, 
I honestly think maybe they should have held off on drawing the teams until they knew. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, I, on the other hand, I'm excited because we get to play TL first game, right? So Has, he, has anybody see. made the joke that lock-in should actually be called lock-out because of all the players that are locked <laughs> out from competing in it? Um, I feel like that's the easy the easy one. Uh, uh, Papa Smithy says, so find it out, Travis. I worked it out so anyone else could have. I mean, I, I was talking, Papa Smithy, specifically about the, like, like the you guys should have been able to draft knowing what rosters were going to be running. Um, well, you, should, you should have had to declare your roster before they did the draft. Yes. Well, I don't know what you do if then you can't get a player in or something like that. But Well, I mean, like, you do it, like, a week before. Right, right. And then you I think they could have yeah. um, Oh, I see what Papa Smithy's saying. He said he forecast the TSM Academy and C9 uh, Academy scenario. Um, I mean, then so, I just have to say thank you to Papa Smithy for thinking that EG are better than TSM May and Cloud9 Academy. <laughs> I appreciate it. Huge vote of confidence there. <laughs> yeah, I got you. I got you. Okay. Um, he's just, you know what Papa Smithy did? Everybody else was doing roster research. He was doing legal team research. He's like, which one of these teams has the best ability to get visas and uh, players into the country in time? Uh, he's just scouting out the legal teams of everybody. All right. Uh, we're going to take a quick break right now to talk about Alienware. And actually, there's a whole bunch of really cool stuff I get to talk about um, with Alienware right now, some new stuff. So they uh, they announced a bunch of things at CES last week, um, including new uh, upgrades uh, to the M15 and uh, M17. They announced a M14 notebook. Uh, actually, sorry, is it X? I'm trying to remember if they went with X17 or uh, M, uh, sorry, X14 or M14. As you can tell, I'm just very excited right now about all the stuff that they're announcing. Uh, one thing I'm very excited about that's supposed to hit towards the end of March and I'm definitely going to be getting, right now I use a 34-inch uh, curved monitor. They now are, they announced a 34-inch curved uh, OLED gaming monitor, uh, which will have a refresh rate of 175 hertz. This thing is beautiful. I'm really, really excited about it. Uh, having like an OLED gaming monitor, I think is just gonna be so sick. Uh, they also announced uh, both wired and wireless versions of a new gaming uh, headset, the Alienware or AW920H, uh, which will include active noise canceling. Um, it's, it's awesome. And then they also announced a tri-mode wireless gaming mouse, which is the AW720M. Uh, so I don't, I'm very excited about all the things that they announced um, yes, sorry, it's the X14, which is their thinnest laptop ever made, featuring a cryotech cooling technology, which helps with heat dissipation. It's actually just really cool. Um, it's, it's, I think, if you guys want something that's like a very thin uh, uh, PC that can, or laptop that can still run games, like legal, it's got a 3060 in it, so it's going to be fine uh, running League of Legends, for instance, or a lot of those TFT, etc. Um, but it's also just like perfect for throwing in a, in a backpack. Um, I might even try to get one of these myself, even though I already have a 15. I don't know. It's just, they spoil me. So, uh, but take a look at all the cool stuff that Alienware announced at CES and uh, stay tuned over the next uh, couple months because as this stuff becomes available for purchase, I'm definitely going to be promoting it, but I'm, I'm loving it. They also uh, came out with two concepts. I should almost, I, I almost forgot to mention. One of them is Alienware Concept Nix, uh, which is something that will allow you to move around your your apartment or your home 
and switch to multiple screens seamlessly so you can be playing a game on your PC, then go out into the living room and sit down and start playing it immediately on your TV. And then they also announced, I wanna make sure that I get the details uh, available in front of me right now because I switched uh, the page over and now I don't have it. So now I am just filling. Uh, oh yes, they also announced uh, a new concept, which is, uh, it's awesome because if you've seen their Auroras before, they have concept Polaris, which is going to be a really cool way to have a uh, graphics. It's it's basically the evolution of the graphics amplifier where you can have a uh, awesome beast graphics card, including a 3090, and then you can have that sitting at home so you can plug in your laptop to it and get that going. So awesome stuff that they announced at CES. Sorry, I know I went a little long, but I'm actually really pumped about all their announcements. So thank you Alienware for sponsoring the show. Uh, check out the link in the description and uh, take out all, take a look at all the cool stuff they announced at CES. All right, Mark, come back to me, friend. I know you were looking at your phone. You were probably looking up all the great things that they announced at CES. Um, so I understand. Oh, he's already switched channels. He's he's going. Uh, thank you to uh, I think I already shouted Casey Bryan, but thank you Casey Bryan just in case I forgot for the sub. Thank you everybody who's subbing tonight. It's very nice of all of you to do so. Uh, Lil Bonaparte, I think, has been on the show a couple times. Were you here even very recently? I was here like two or three weeks ago, Trash and TSM, and then uh, once his face showed up in the chat at the same day. Nice. Oh, yeah. Was it Parth? Yeah, Parth showed up. Yes. By the way, just a quick shout out to Parth. Uh, he, I remember like his, his last appearance on Hotline League, he told people to write, <coughs> or he told a caller to write an essay for him. And uh, he recently released a giant essay that Mark was reviewing on stream recently. Um, very impressive. So congrats to, to Parth on that. Uh, Bonaparte, remind everyone where you're calling from. Uh, I'm calling from Atlanta. Atlanta. Where do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, I actually want to talk about the lack of uh, roster releases and the effect that has on content creators like you and Mark and even the analyst that's not knowing the rosters. And we're like... You know, like four days out, not even, I mean, kind of like three and a half days out Yeah. Uh, from the tournament. Yeah, go ahead and, and sort of expand on that if you if you feel like it. Well, uh, so in a former life, I was a data scientist and I worked in marketing. And so I know the power of marketing. And without you guys, Hype Man, kind of creating that artificial traffic about the rosters and talking about it, it kind of like... Uh, reduces traffic to the mainstream downstream. And that's kind of what, you know, I used to do some predictions on that. I'm like, okay, if we release an ad here, what will the uh, effect be on what we're trying to sell or try and push that product? And how can we generate organic leads and stuff like that? And so without you guys generating these organic leads without having all the information, no, there are some rumors, but we really don't know what the rosters are. So how are you supposed to talk about them? Are you supposed to like hype up matchups and stuff like that when we're like five days out, four days out? Well, I'll, I'll give a real world example of this because I definitely agree. I tweeted something about this last week, I think. But we are doing the last episode of Run It, uh, at least for now, uh, on Wednesday. I like the most obvious thing in the world would be to say, okay, here's some stats around these teams or these lineups or do something that's like a preview for lock-in. We don't know what players are playing on all the different teams. And so it creates, we, we weren't able to 
to do that um, because we don't know what the final lineups are going to be. And so instead we've pivoted to a pretty cool idea, which is just going to be like, hey, here are some of the, the players that we're trying to hype up some of the players you wouldn't necessarily expect to see. Like, you know, I think a lot of people are not susp- not believing that Core will be able to make it. So it's like, let's take a look at Isla or let's take a look at some of these TSM Academy players or whatever. So like people will have some reasons to be excited about the players that, you know, perhaps are were not planned originally as being lock-in participants. Uh, but it is really difficult because you want to preview this tournament and we don't know entirely who is playing in it. And I'm kind of surprised that maybe some, I, the only suspicion I can have is some teams don't want to say who they're playing because they're like hoping they get a last minute visa or a player lands on Thursday or something like that. But like at a certain point in time, you're probably not going to be playing a player that hasn't been able to scrim with the team. I would imagine. So just fucking tell us who's competing in this goddamn tournament. Um, so, oh, oh, Mark. Spectrum. I was going to talk. Is that is that okay? Yeah, you, no, you can't. You, you were in? you were cutting out a little bit. The internet was garbling, so that's why I was reacting. That. Go, I, go, I didn't go say ahead. anything at all. I said was so because I was yes. trying to interject. I was trying to work my way go, in there. Go, 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 go. Uh, yeah, I think it's fucking dumb. How about that? I think thank God Peter came on here and said it, but I appreciate if every team did it less than a week out, so we could actually fucking talk about predictions on what's going to happen. I think it's dumb. I also, um, the thing is, some of this has already been decided. Like, uh, there's, I, I was in a meeting at, at Riot and some of the, the teams were told to us. Um, and there was like, don't tell anyone, don't leak this stuff, you know. And the teams, I don't know if the teams are supposed to announce it or what, but like a lot of the rosters have been decided before this week and they're still not all public for like, you know, what's going to be happening in less than five days. I don't know. It's frustrating to, to be like, hey, I want to make a power ranking video or like predictions for what I think is going to happen in group A versus group B. And it's like, ha. no, that's actually another unless, point. Unless I, I leak it, but then I'm even, I'm in an even weirder spot because technically I know, so I can't pretend I get these rumors from somewhere else or I could get them from somewhere else, but people will assume I'm leaking from Riot when it's like, fuck, I'm just like, I can't do anything. Yeah. No, I mean, Mark messaged me. I'm trying to find the message. Uh, where where you you shot me a message, but Mark was like, "Should I do a? Do you want me to do a power rankings, a pre lock in power rankings video?" And I was like, "For like what teams?" This was last week, and now we know a little bit more because some of the other teams have announced. Or Peter came on the show and so Papa Smithy says, "Not true. Roster lock ins are Thursday, right? Like you're not like you're not bound to play that roster on Friday or Saturday, or whatever. Um, but you like they're." This is being circulated that this is their intention in, internally, barring, you know, maybe some something clears suddenly and then they can they can adjust. But like I would rather get told something early and then have it adjusted than told nothing and hope that it it works out. You know, like yeah. between those two, at least I can do something with one of them. Yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to decide because theoretically, right, could have made roster luck like a week or two ago. Um and like that that's there's a reason to, to and the reason to do that is because then you know for sure the players that are going to be there the risk obviously is that you have some sick player that could be competing in this and like could look good for the team and like you got but it got a ton of attention and instead they you know they didn't know if the visa was going to get through in time or whatever and so now that player is like shut out of the tournament when otherwise they wouldn't be but like 
it's just really tough because all of us content creators and I'm sure riots in the same situation too. It's like, how can you preview? Like, here's a great example. Jojo Pugh versus Bjergsen. Like, like I want to hype the fuck out of Jojo Pugh versus Bjergsen or whatever matchups might be happening in group A, you know, fudge versus Abadaga or like whatever other things can be going on. But like, I don't even know half the matchups. Well, a a great example of this is on the LCS, a Twitter account. They've been doing a countdown of like 10 days to go until lock-in and they count down it with like highlight reels of stuff. But like, so the first video or one of the first ones they did was like 10 days away with Wild Turtle finishing his 10 kills, nine days away with Bjergsen racking up nine kills on a collie. But then it starts to go eight days away with double lift, getting eight kills on this, pl- seven days away with blood water, getting seven assists. And I know part of this is because they are trying to like, do the celebrating 10 years or whatever. But then on the, on eight, day six, they do another double lift video. On day five, they do another double lift video. I'm like, this guy's not fucking competing in the LCS anymore. And we're not- like, we, we could be using the countdown to hype up all 10 of the, like, you know, 10 different players that are going to be competing in this lock-in tournament. Um, but instead we're, we're, we've got so far three highlight reels from double lift. And to be clear, I, more than anyone in this fucking world, love seeing a good double lift highlight video. All right. I'm not trying to knock on, you know, throwing him in on the Twitter. Let's all just keep pretending he's around because I do. Uh, but I, I don't know. It is. It's just, it's a, a sad, weird missed opportunity. And like, look, it's no one's fault that these players can't get in. I'm not trying to say like how I'm not one of those people. that's like, how dare these teams not have their players, right? This shit's tough. But um, I do think like, we should know who's competing in this tournament that we're trying to promote. Help us help so, you, Riot Games. So, I guess this one's kind of directed at Peter, but, like, I saw your uh, facial expression during the conversation a little bit. What does this look like from the team side? Like, even for you guys putting out content, like, about hyping up a matchup or something like that, does it affect you guys in the same way that it affect, like, Travis and Mark? Or are you guys all chill about keeping rosters secret? Well, I mean, it's all about game. Like, I mean... I'm not too sure whether this is teams not not being bothered or whether this is gamesmanship, right? Like, I mean, theoretically, you know, we have Dignitas in our group, right? What happens if we want to play Saligo against Dignitas? That may be a good reason to hide something, right? Uh, um, but, you know, for, for a tournament like Lock-In, I, I don't know why you wouldn't just announce your roster as soon as possible and just go with that roster. Unless you, unless you haven't decided what your starting lineup is, right? You know, maybe... Maybe... Um, maybe Rioma's going to start for Golden Guardians, right? Uh, or something like this. So maybe, maybe people have these 10-man rosters and they still haven't decided what their best starting line is. Is there been That's a the single only... LCS team that has communicated that they have a 10-man roster going? I, I feel like the only LCS team that C9. announced that they had more than five was yeah, that, 100 Thieves. I, I mean, that's the only reason not to do it, right? Unless you consider Lock-In to be an incredibly like high-intensity must-win-under-all-cost tournament, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I don't mind coming on to... Like, for EG, I feel that there's no real reason why EG should have made any statement because we've announced our roster and we've had no changes and we're going to use that roster as much as we well, possibly can. Well, other right? than, like, people don't necessarily know that Inspired got a visa and can compete, right? Like, but you guys I were mean, clearly able to make that happen based off of either that I, or you're playing the mega fucking mind game right now. Um, I, I, I mean, you should just assume all competency, no? 
Uh, wait. With uh, LCS to... teams, Peter? What are you talking I, about? I mean, like, every single one of our players got in. I don't understand what the problem is. Yeah, but, okay, but it's also <laughs> not competency. To be clear, it's not every, you know, it's not always on the team, you know. You you don't want to set that standard that teams that can't get a visa are incompetent because uh, next I didn't year, say perhaps... that. I didn't say that. I, I said that you should assume all competency. I didn't say that if you didn't get a visa, you're not competent. I said yeah. that if it's possible to get a visa, then you can get it and show that you are competent, right? But yeah. bad luck can happen, you know? It's sure. not, uh, that's not what I'm saying at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, caller, I appreciate the take because obviously it's something I feel passionately about. And, uh, and I know, and by the way, just in case any riot people are listening to this or like teams are listening to this, like, look, it's because I care and we all are on the same team in some sense of wanting to like tell awesome stories about the players and make people care about them. Um, and so that is why I feel this way. I'm not trying to like shit on people, but I'm just, you know, I'm like, come on, you know, this is why I care. That's why I want this. Uh, Bonaparte, thank you so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we go on to the next caller? I was going to say, Riot, I can show you statistics that prove that it would be good to leak those rosters early. Um, shout out to you guys for putting on a great podcast. Thanks, Peter, for coming on and being uh, competent and getting all those players over here so we can watch a real team play. And um, shout out to Alienware, Game Fuel, also TSM, still dog water. I can't even get their players over here. I blame Reggie. Very good. That's thank all. you. Thank you for the call. We'll catch you next time. Uh, <laughs> uh, next you. caller. Yes. Thank you to Photo LOL for a whole year. Uh, and that's Wicket for six. And then David International gifted a sub. Um, <laughs> Twitch chat with their, their thing. Is Dogwater the new the new insult? I've seen it a couple places now. I feel like. Mark, have you heard is dog is dog water like a new insult that the kids? I don't are know if if it is. I'm in I'm in the Genshin realm right now. I don't watch t League Twitch streamers, so I don't know what's what's the new terms. Okay, well, I feel like the Zoomers in Genshin would be the ones that that's where I'm I'm hoping to learn Zoomer terms in Genshin to bring them to League. Okay, uh, we got Glimmer Glen here. Glimmer Glen, where are you calling from? Hi, thank you for having me on. Um, I'm calling from West Virginia. Uh, Shepherdstown, it's about an hour and a half from DC. Nice, okay. So. Well, welcome to the show. What do you want to talk about? Thank you. So I wanted to talk about um, sort of a talent development type of thing. It's um, discuss how it's important for Riot to continue doing events like Game Changers, which was um, to support female league players and increase the visibility of female gamers. Because um, one of the arguments about um, and making NA more competitive was the fact that we don't have a big player base. And so if we could recruit more female players, that would increase the base and make the region as a whole more competitive. No, I, I really appreciate this. Um, you know, one of the things that, because I know obviously this was, there was a big conversation about this during the uh, off season um, because of some stuff that happened in, in CSGO and then it kind of like stretched out in other places and we don't need to necessarily talk about all the CSGO stuff, but... Um, I, it's very interesting because my take on this has evolved over time, not because I've ever been like, yo, women should not, but I, there's there, I think in, in the early days of esports, there was a discussion of whether or not, um, having separate these tournaments or whatever for, for women in a world where like 
you could you could play League of Legends both as as a man and woman. There's not like a physical uh, difference that occurs similar to what you see in like traditional sports. And there was a thought that like maybe this is actually disadvantageous. Uh, but I think as I've talked to so many people over over time, uh, I've realized how actually important it is to have these types of events. And maybe you can help understand or help explain a little bit for the folks that are unsure about this, like why it is it's actually helpful to have um, these really cool programs and initiatives like Game Changers. Well, so one of the things is that there is no real visibility or of any type of female players in league. And um, when someone is starting out in basically anything, um, seeing someone who's similar to them or has similar experiences is important to being able to say, oh, I can do that too. And um, so having more female players will be, you know, showing that um, looking, you can, some young players will be looking up to older ones and it's, you know, also including diversity. So it's not just, you know, female players, but um, I think it's very, it's, it's very important and particularly seeing how the female players are treated and um, taken seriously. So, yeah. No, um, so, okay. go ahead, Peter. Oh, sorry, you go first. No, it's okay, Mark. You, you go first. I've, I've got, I've got, okay. But, oh, I was going to actually respond to a comment that Travis just timed out, which I think is is uh, a little ironic. But it, it says, uh, you know, one of the things that a lot of people who don't believe in these kinds of initiatives say is like, if female players, if women were good, that they would just get on a team. Um, but that really breaks down if you've ever been around high ELO women and like ask what their experiences are. And everyone always says, oh, well, everyone on the internet gets shit. And like, yes, that's true. But also it's much worse for them. Um, and I've been very close and have known some people who were high ELO women players and it's not fucking nice. Even just being a content creator and making like analytical content, uh, is, is not nice for a lot of them. Um, <laughs> a lot of my coworkers at different places have been women like Kelsey and Emily and like, yeah, I see that it's not a very enjoyable situation that you have to like go through extra shit to, uh, persevere through when it, it's hard enough on its own. And so... Um, for players as well, to the caller's point, um, giving them opportunities to shine, to play, uh, and then get representation as well is, is a big part. And trying to make the path into going pro a little easier um, because it's, it's pretty hard right now. It's hard for everyone, but it's especially hard for women with all the shit they have to deal so, with. Well, one of really quickly, just to bounce off what Mark said, and then I'll throw it over to Peter, um, is... Uh, I've, I've had friends who have tried to go pro, um, uh, women friends who have told me stories about basically like they're in the amateur world and they compete and then they find out or they hear that like they were just not picked up on a team because they were told that it would be, or somebody had said like, oh, that this person will be a distraction to the team or situations where, um, you know, people were going to get signed and then it became clear to the team that was going to the amateur team that was going to sign them that they were a woman and suddenly the offer gets pulled. Um, and so there's, I think I've just heard a lot of horror stories like this. And so I feel like, look, not to say that this stuff like just, Oh, just create like game changers and then all this stuff will get fixed. But it's definitely one of the things that has made me realize that like, there is not an unbiased path for both men and women to go pro in uh, esports games and, and League of Legends included, 
And so having uh, options like this and opportunities, I think is really cool. Sorry, Peter, go ahead. So first things first, those kind of initiatives, very, very good, right? Like you should have more. Why is it important that we have more of these initiatives? It's because if you don't have enough initiatives that come from a genuinely good place, right? You, the narrative around female gamers can be dominated by things like Vivictus Esports in the in the um, the Russian league, right? Where they hired a full female roster and with players who just weren't good enough, and then they got stomped every game. Things like Team Siren, you know, all of these things where people have cynically used gender for marketing purposes, right? Rather than to advance the cause of, of female gamers. Now, I, as on the coaching side, there have been female gamers who I've scouted and who have been good enough to play, maybe not at the LEC level, but, you know, at the ERL level or at the, or at the amateur level, uh, academy level with the potential for growth, right? Like, uh, you don't normally sign somebody expecting them to go straight into LEC uh, and dominate immediately. But in many cases, uh, when I've spoken to them, from my small sample size of people I've spoken to, those people don't want to be an emblem for for their gender, right? They want to be considered as equals, as equal gamers, uh, and to be treated and judged fairly on their talents, right? Um, and they, this is unfortunately not something which happens right now. Um, you know. It, happens right now in the scene because of how toxic the discourse is right um on on the subject and it makes me very sad because i've known people who were good enough um but who chose because of how because of who chose not to go and pursue that career um, number one because then their opportunities were limited but also um because they saw how other orgs with bad intents had treated other female gamers because of their gender, right? Um, so I think having more of these initiatives is very important. I think that once you have one or two people who make the breakthrough, you're going to see more people being willing to take the step. But the first one or two people who 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 get who who break through um, will come under a huge, huge, huge amount of uh, scrutiny and huge amount of um, toxicity right? and it's just unfortunately how how things are it's not a good thing and it makes me sad because you know good talent um in brazil good talent in europe good talent in north america who could have made the step up have been restricted because of the gender and obviously as a coach in a region like this i just want to see the best people play um so i think having these initiatives <laughs> if it means if you have a if you if it can be used to dilute the toxicity uh, within the discourse, it's 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 a very it's useful initiative and should continue to be supported. Yeah, two things to throw in there too. Uh, the point about like the women who do break through face a lot more scrutiny. I mean, like uh, I'm sorry, I can't remember the name exactly, but who is the Overwatch pro? Uh, yeah, somebody the, said it in the Twitch uh, chat a second ago, and I was I had I can't remember her name. name, but she got a lot of shit, and people were like checking her Gaguri, mouse Gaguri. speed. Yeah, Gaguri. Yeah, I knew it was a G thing. Uh, Gaguri just like, from my understanding, as someone who didn't follow the scene that closely, she just like went through so much more shit than any other person who just like was good enough to go pro would have to go through, um, and it was it was not great. And then the other thing I'll say is that like you, we always focus on the the ceiling. Because that's that's kind of the we're in the LCS or you know we're at the, the tier one of the esports scene. But 
the reality is, especially relevant given that Parth just released a 56 page document talking about the development process of how you scout and develop talent, is that like you don't just worry about the top. You have to give concern about like what's going on at the bottom. Like when someone just starts playing League, when a girl installs League, like what's her experience like? It's not great. Um, I know someone who got their start playing a different game and she wanted to take it seriously and she was playing with a bunch of like her boyfriend introduced her to it and then because she was a girl they were like no we don't want to play with you we don't think you're good you just got into it because you want to play with me and like those are hurdles that you have to like get over like someone close to you is saying that they don't think you're good enough and don't want to play with you like you have to then get over that like emotional hurdle to be like fuck uh, i'm gonna prove you wrong you know like how many of us when we install league have to worry about that like almost none of us you know like the amount of steps that are in the way on the entire ladder up to even get to the fucking point where you're breaking through into these kinds of conversations that we're talking about like it's it's a lot more difficult um and i think that's why you know a lot of times people say well look if they were just if if a girl was just good enough she'd get in a team one you already heard peter say that's that's its own yeah. dicey situation but even even getting there is is like you have to put yourself through abuse to just even even compete. Yeah, but but to go further on your point, uh, people for people that say, oh, you know that that's not something that would happen, right? You know, uh, I mean, just look at look at the discourse that you have over. So I don't want to compare women gamers to female gamers, sorry, to to NA rookies, right? But but you know, you what happens if um, the first person who comes up doesn't succeed immediately right yep yeah. you know uh and success success can always be uh thrown aside as a one-off right um but uh failure for a person coming up means that it can set the entire cause back multiple years um uh and uh that's something i think we've seen with 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 na rookies in the lcs but it's also something that that you know having that additional pressure is going to affect you and your ability to play and your ability to to be successful right um and you know i just wish that there was another way that it could be handled but i i, I don't know what it is and you know it happens it has to happen from the grassroots and that's why i think these initiatives are important there was um there was something that i i thought about recently which is there's a lot of different ways that people end up in jobs or working in the industry um recently in the esports industry uh, and i guess gaming in general but one of the big ways that you see people end up in coaching roles or management roles or working at the collegiate level or whatever is these are people that potentially competed previously um and then they learned and gained a bunch of experience that allows them to go forth and become a coach in their own right or to become a manager or to work with teams or to do all this different stuff because they've had this experience to become a content creator and um, that opportunity is often afforded to people who have competed in tournaments and who have done the competitive stuff before. And right now, there's not really anything like that um, for women. So that's like a whole avenue that is just not like there's a whole path into the industry or into some of these different roles that is not uh, something that, that women are really experiencing right now as, as a means of getting in. So that's something that I'm excited about is um, because I see like, for instance, what Miss Harvey was able to do on the, on the CSGO side, like I've, I've talked to her a lot and she had competed on CLG Red and on teams before then as well. And 
Um, and I know that she's gone on to do a bunch of really cool stuff in, in CSGO, or sorry, in esports more broadly. And so I'm, I'm excited potentially for another generation of talent to come in through initiatives like this. So uh, Glimmer, I know that the three of us have just waxed philosophically about all this stuff, but I definitely want to uh, throw the floor to you if you feel like there's anything that you want to add on or if you feel like you need to respond to anything or even if we've gotten anything off base that you think. Well, I think that, um, first of all, it's really interesting to hear, especially from Peter, kind of the inside um, view of some of these things with when it comes to female gamers. Um, I think that um, it's just, it's, it is, I really wanted to emphasize how those very first people who become gamers, who become professionals, that's, they're going to have a really a hard time. And, but and um and they're going to be trailblazers and um but we've you just have to start you know you have to start somewhere and you and so um more of those initiatives and um getting people just getting female gamers to be more normalized that's where the important part of getting females into the gaming industry not just league but all of it yeah no, I really appreciate it. Um, and thank you so much for, for having um, or for coming in and, and talking about this and having this take. Uh, obviously, I know it was something that dominated in late December, a lot of conversation in esports. And so I'm glad that we had the opportunity to, to touch on it um, on this episode. Is there anything you would like to shout out before we go on to the next caller? Sure. Yeah. Um, I love Rift Reaction. That's it's such a great I love Emily. It's a great show. Um, also, I want to shout out to Game Fuel and Alienware. It's really important that they're um, supporting you in your because you're a great journalist in the league scene and that's want you to continue. So and thank you for having me on. Thank you so much for, for calling in and we will catch you next time. All right. All right. Mark is off to grab the next caller. Shout out to Cruellas for resubbing. Liquid112 for uh, subbing for 35 months. Familiar name. Not sure if I recall um, exactly where, but I think you've been subbed to my channel for a while. Uh, and Lil Bonaparte just gave gifted a sub, which I appreciate. Thank you, everybody. Uh, Mark is back. Hello. With everyone's favorite caller, Tom Shu. Tom Shu, where are you calling from? <laughs> Hey, what's up? What's up? How are you doing, Peter? Uh, calling from Washington, D.C. What do you want to talk about on the show? Yeah, I want to talk about the, now the, the I wouldn't say death, but more about the the, the, the code, the changes to the co-streaming program. Okay. The, yeah. Sorry, the changes right. to the watch party, to watch parties moving forward. Yeah, watch parties, co-streaming, whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I think... Right now, watch parties on its onset were a great idea because it was initially getting people who weren't exactly interested in LCS, uh, but who were followers of certain personalities in the scene interested in LCS. And the idea was that they'd hopefully turn into longtime followers in the LCS. But I think at this point, it hasn't really started coming that way. And maybe that's just a guess on my part because... You know, I don't know the actual analytics, but what I have a problem with when it comes to the, the co-streams is that every time you seem to tune in, it's always some major, major content creator that just always seems to be shitting on LCS, on the league, on the players as a whole. Like, I get it. Like, it's sometimes it's, it's Double Lift or it's Dominate or it's LS, like constantly critiquing 
drafts gameplay matches players oh this guy's dog shit or dog water or whatever you want to call it <laughs> whatever the zoomers use nowadays and it gets uh, it gets very tiring you know it is damaging to the product as a whole and i think it's it's right now it's creating a negative perception around lcs in that we can't we, we basically we aren't able to be able to appreciate our successes because we are always constantly focusing on what are the negatives uh, in the LCS, and I think it needed to be scaled back based on that side. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't criticize players, you know, when they make mistakes. Like Savage Freak got super popular, you know, by calling by telling players, like talking, calling out players when they made mistakes, right? But it's not supposed to take up the entirety of the broadcast. It's so it gets so disgusting at that point because you know you're just flaming, especially new players, right? You know, say like. Uh, rookie talent like fake god or diamond or jojo pyun or whatever comes up and like peter said they may not succeed initially but they come in and you know they come and have these issues imagine if you had fifty thousand, all the 75 100 co-streamers or people watching co-streams and then their first opinion of you is going to be what the co-streamer says oh this guy is shit oh this guy is terrible and you know how hard it is to like bounce back from that if you are a uh, if you are a uh, young, let me ask uh, you, young talent it's impossible let me ask you uh tom what do you think of their implementation because they are not like there's it's probably still going to be about half the time right it's lock-in super weeks and playoffs and so it's probably about 40 to 50 percent of the time they're still going to be doing this um they're also going to be providing them uh, access to pro players for interviews and enabling drops on their streams, right? So they're going to be pushing um, people to these streams during these bigger moments. And so that's, I guess, my only question to you is like, I think you're you're suggesting that it's a good thing that they're doing this. I'm curious what your reaction is to the fact that like, yeah, they're not going to be doing it during like maybe week three of the LCS, but for all the major moments, you're still going to have this stuff. Yeah, so this is going to sound a little bit bad, but I I know they I don't know if they're they're limiting you know the actual streamers that will have the ability to co-stream, but I I think that one of the one of the essentially one of the catches to be able to co-stream would be that you essentially have to be able to moderate your language a little bit. Um, I I know I know it sounds bad. But... I mean no no to be clear they they had conversations with. Co like co-streamers before about this stuff like it's it's not like they were like say whatever you want like there was a i mean i just know this like there was there was a there were some guidelines now i don't think that they were ever trying to say like you can't shit on players or whatever but uh there was definitely guidelines that they had for um co co-streamers before yeah and i think there needs to be tighter restrictions on that guy on those guidelines essentially uh, because i still think we are like i mean if you look at the facts like even people call us a minor region like we're still a fourth best region in the world like that has to count for something right yeah you know um so i i wouldn't mind before i, I go into a little spiel of picking peter's brain about like as a coach and as you know someone who's around players like what was the the perception around your team and maybe some of the other teams uh, around like the co-streaming situation i mean jizuka got flamed to uh, can I swear on this show? Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, we yeah, yeah. I mean, Jizuki got flamed to shit, right? For like <laughs> <laughs> uh, for for an entire year for for reasons that he shouldn't have been, and it was only kind of at the end of his time that people began to properly recognize how you know 
the uh, the benefits of a Jizuke, let's say. Um, but the um, look, I'm a, I obviously I'm a big fan of Dom's co-streams of LPL. Um, I think that co-streams can provide a valuable asset for a league, but it's worth saying that you know at the end of the day, LCS is not just about success it's an entertainment product right uh, and i mean the lck is an entertainment product the lpl is an entertainment product the lec is an entertainment product right like the entire thing around it is a, and success is part of that entertainment right um and if you have somebody that is supposed to be a partner for your product talking about how rubbish your product is every single time that they go they go on you know that's improving their brand at the expense of your product um and you know some some people have used that um those kind of things to to promote themselves and to 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 build up their brand and to to further their career inside esports right um at the expense of the lcs right like there we have a region at the moment in north america where it is considered shameful to have pride in your region to you know whenever people are happy that they go to an international tournament um uh that their team is doing well or that their team is performing well you know you're not allowed to embrace and enjoy those moments right and why is that right why why have we reached that point and if you reach that point and you are a fan of this region as a whole and you're not allowed to enjoy that fandom without being kind of like shit on then it's easy to understand why a lot of people fall out of love with this game right and of course there's things that we can do on our side as teams Broadcasts can do better to, to go to go and make this product better, but you know, at the end of the day, people don't want to to get caught in all of this negativity, right? And it's it's very it's all very well to go and say, ah ha ha, you know, look at the monkeys fighting, you know, the silly monkey meme, right? But yeah. but it's um, you know, having some positivity is a good thing, right? And being allowed to enjoy North American League of Legends is. You know, nobody talked last year about how interesting strategically North America was as a region, right? Like you had re teams that were, were doing all of these different strategies and more strategic diversity in North America than in a lot of other regions. You know, you had people hard freezing on side lanes. You had people playing 3-1-1, right? You had 3-1-1 teams. You had 4-1 teams. You had 1-3-1 teams, right? And nobody talks about that, right? It's just all about the toxicity and how bad individual people are. Uh, and I, you know, I, I don't think co-streams are necessarily a bad thing but you know you have to recognize what the purpose of a co-stream is and the purpose of a co-stream is not to is not to it is, is to enhance the product that already exists um and you could argue that some co-streams didn't do that right uh, now i i didn't watch large amount the only co-streamer that i really watch is dom uh i would dominate and i think he does a great job with lpl um and when i've seen his content around lcs i didn't have a problem with it but you know uh, if people, if other co-streams or, you know, even his co-stream were not reaching those goals, I understand why why the program has chosen to be discontinued. I have two yeah. really practical things really quickly on this to say. M Mark, you said something. Oh, wait, no, you haven't said something yet. No, I haven't said anything okay, yet. Okay, go, go, go. Your turn. <laughs> I have to keep oh. you happy because I know. Oh, I have to let my co-host fucking talk. Why does he even hear? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, this is a, I, I totally agree with like Peter's perspective. And I think one thing that people focus on the negativity angle so much, um, but I don't think that's the only thing to consider 
because I would say even if you solve the negativity problem and the, and the co-streamers all behaved according to whatever we agree is, is the appropriate behavior, that's still not as good as being able to make your main product good is the point that I always brought up was like, let's say you made all the co-streamers positive. Are they going to do a better job telling the story of our league than the actual main broadcast? If that's true, we have a problem. That was always my, my take on it was not even just the analyst desk angle, but like the casters, you know, hyping up players and the plays that they're doing and telling their uh, career or the, the story of their career so far through this season. Like co-streamers are content creators who have other things to do during the week, but casters ideally and analyst desk members go into story meetings in the middle of the week and spend like 10 hours, 20 hours building out what they want to talk about and doing VOD reviews and all these kinds of things to set up the, the narratives and bouncing ideas off each other. So that way when they, they get on air, they can ideally tell a co coherent narrative. And if you're fractured between 20 different streams, half of them are muting the analyst desk, half of them don't have casters on, um, then you're not doing a good job of, of getting the community to understand exactly what these different um, angles. And so I think this is one of the areas that it doesn't matter if you have good co-streamers. Um, if your main product can't be the best option for your viewers, then you, you need to fix that problem. And, and co-streamers bringing people in is a band-aid fix. I know a lot of people in the Reddit threads right now are like, well, there goes my interest in the LCS. And it's like, well, co-streaming shouldn't be the reason you want to watch the LCS. The LCS should be the reason you want to watch the LCS. Um, and these, these are the kinds of problems I think need to get fixed independent of co-streaming policy. Because if you're just watching to watch a co-streamer, I mean, then the product's not, not great. And the, you need to fix that. The one thing I'll so, push back a little bit on this, Mark, is like, I do think there's a, there is space for people to say, you know what, uh, this match is perhaps, you know, out of the 10 matches, it's not great this, this week. And instead of hearing two casters try to like really hype it up, uh, like, oh, this is happening or whatever, have a lot of high energy. I think there is space for, kind of, you know, Riot used to do this where they'd have like the lounge co-stream where it's just like a bunch of people chilling, talking Whoa. about stuff and all that. So like, I, I think there are reasons to say that like it has to be official broadcast casting or bus. Like you but, can give people options, right? Yeah, so I, I am in favor of, of actually what they've done, which is to give the hype moments and bring in people and especially bring in non-endemic people. I think co-streaming is great. Like I love watching what they've done, like co-streaming in the esports ecosystem. I don't think it's bad. I just mean week over week, if people are tuning into multiple different other products, you're not going to get any coherent thing. And to that point about like, oh, well, we don't want to watch casters try and hype up two boring teams. You know what happens when there's two boring teams on co-streams? They don't fucking watch it. They go like <laughs> do something else or they like don't talk about the game at all. And it's an even worse product at hyping up what's going on on screen. It's actually worse. It might be more entertaining for those those fans, but in terms of what the LCS is trying to do, it's worse about telling like a seventh place team's player, you know, like, hey, let me tell you something interesting about this guy. Well, you know, like that's what we should be doing is making you invested in that game. And if if a co-streamer is more entertaining by talking about like what pizza they ate last night, you know, how they got indigestion. Like, <laughs> I mean, again, that's a problem we need to solve. There was Why a, the there was at one point in time, a better product. There was a one point in time on the sneaky medios double of streams, which by the way, I loved, but yeah, where they I, talked for like 10 minutes about what drinks they tend to drink. Um, which was very funny. None of them said game fuel, which I thought was a terrible decision, but <laughs> Um, I, I don't know. I, it's, it's just funny to me sometimes how, how that stuff goes. Um, I, maybe I'll wind out the conversation with, by saying like, 
I think there are two practical reasons to limit co-streaming. The first one is whenever Peter uh, or Dom or Ellis or anybody has like you, you end up going to the break and there's a Honda ad and like somebody on their stream goes, what happened by the way at Dragon? And then they like skip away from the Honda ad and they go to the Dragon thing. Or maybe they don't go away from the Honda ad, but they just have it muted and they're just talking over it or whatever. I like, I am shocked that I have not heard any rumors of sponsors being like, by the way, I noticed that 30% of the viewership is on these streams where like our ads are not getting any kind of viewership or like attention or anything like that. So like, I, I don't want people to gloss over that. Cause I feel like long-term had they continued to use co-streaming the way that they do, where it just became bigger and bigger percentages. Like, and I get, I get that. Like some people might say, well, fuck the ads or whatever. Like I, yes, yeah, sure. That's fine. You're getting a free entertainment product. You don't have to spend any money for it. And it costs millions and millions of dollars to produce. So like fuck the ads, but then you're going to not have this product very much longer. And then the, the second thing is here's the very practical argument I will make that like other people will not make. I don't think the LCS broadcast is in a great place. Uh, I think it's getting better, but like it over the years, it has not been in the best place that it has been from like the early years. I am hopeful that like going back down to two days that I don't know, you know, some of the changes they're making. I know they have a creative director now. There's like a lot of stuff that they're doing that I hope will get it to a better place. I know, as we all do, that North America is also not the most competitive region. And so any like I think in a world where like the broadcast was fucking killer and the games were all killer and bangers and all the players were bad, amazing, having a bunch of people who are basically the fucking mu old man Muppets in the corner of the thing that are just like, you know, throwing popcorn and jeering at what's happening on the screen is completely fine. But like until this stuff gets fixed, I don't think there's much value in having people who could just point out every fucking flaw of the broadcast stuff. It's just a practical perspective. Like I know a lot of people are like, well, the broadcast should be better and the player should be better. Yeah, I fucking agree. But guess what? It's not. So like, let's not, uh, like do something that's just like here, let's fucking find a spotlight and shine it on our product that needs to get fixed before it gets fixed. Um, that's kind of my, God, that's like, we don't even need to be the best region. Like Brazil hasn't won shit and they like get hundreds of thousands of viewers despite getting knocked out in planes every year. Yes. So that's if true. You, if you that's can tell true. the story, great. And you'll have plenty of viewers. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Did, did you see the, the Twitter gaming stats for this year? CB law has the, it was the most tweeted about tournament, uh, over the course of the year, it had the most tweets about it. Yeah. Even and, though, even over once. And yet, exactly. and yet, uh, uh, quote unquote, dog <laughs> shit region, right? Uh, Reddit? How many worlds? When, when did they get? Like yeah. zero. I mean, I, excuse me, like, INTZ won one game, Pain won two. Tomshu, thanks, thanks for the call. Peter's taking issue with you. Okay, yeah, I mean, like... Any, anything you want to shout out, Tom, before we take a quick break? Yeah, uh, a couple things. Shout out to, to OE Cord. Shout out to Georgia. They just beat Alabama. Fuck Bama. Oh, and uh, Marks, I saw your video. Um, I know you're talking about being the NA caster. And, you know, one thing that kind of came through my head was the first thing that came to my mind was like, man, now he knows how Yasui feels. Like <laughs> being, being the NA savior and being cast aside just like that. Yeah. It's well, a real I shame. Mark Z, but I think Mark... Yasui. Uh, thanks, Tom Shu, for the call. And we'll you catch you next both. time. Uh, 
before Mark leaves, and actually before we take a quick break, I want to announce something unfortunate. Um, and I haven't told Mark this yet. But unfortunately, Mark will only be on half the Hotline League episodes going forward. Uh, he's going to be splitting time with other people. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's unfortunate, but I uh, I hate to Dude, say next it. Fucking ad read. It's eight fifty one. All right, stop wasting time with these. Shout out to GameFuel. GameFuel slash Travis. Go check him out. We've been drinking GameFuel. Mark and I on the episode tonight. Of course, we had the opportunity to give a very special caller uh, a fantastic victory call earlier uh but it's it's gave given me the energy i need to uh keep going and i'm gonna be streaming some genshin after this and it's because i drank a game feel i'll tell you that much um anyway you can save five percent on your order with code travis uh and that's fantastic again i really like that i've mentioned this before the charged orange storm i think is fantastic uh but i would recommend a variety pack if you've never had one before so that you can try out a lot of the different flavors uh, Mark is currently spamming his own Twitch channel, uh, Twitch stream in my chat, um, which I don't, you know, I just don't know if that's what he should be doing during an ad. I'm trying to tell everybody about game feel and Mark's saying sub to me, fuck Travis. Okay. There's no expletives in the chat during a sponsor moment. Okay, Mark, <laughs> we're trying to retain Mark now more than ever. Well, you need me to have a revenue stream. For TGI, all right? Don't well, if you it. just if you collapse but everyone goes over to me, I think I'm okay. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yes. Well yeah. I assume but, that you would we need there's there's a need for revenue, Mark, for people who might be sending me bigger invoices than normal for the last <laughs> couple of years to be able to get those invoices paid. Also, you're going to have to send them more than once every six months now, just so you know. Because if yeah. not, like, I'm going <laughs> to... Trust me, I, I fucking know. Okay. I know, too. Okay. Uh, thank you so much to GameField. I'm sorry, GameField. We went off on tangent. Please uh, renew. Anyway, GameField.com slash Travis. Use code Travis to save on your order. And uh, thanks to GameField. By the way, everyone, if you... Please love... I Look, in the past... Here's a lot, one thing I will say. In the past, I gained, a lot of people really loved when I got these sponsors because they knew that I left Yahoo and I would be unemployed without them. And people rallied around my sponsors because they understood that that was what made the content continue. There's another person now who needs you to rally around my sponsors to make sure that his, his content can continue. It's the host of the Blame Game, everyone. Please shout out Alienware and GameFuel and uh, any new exciting sponsors that we have on the way. Uh, whenever they they do this stuff. All right, Mark, you want to go grab our next caller? Yes. Uh, Karen uh, Kelsey Bozer in the chat says, "I remember when Travis was unemployed and poor. What a time! What a time indeed." Okay. Uh, soup and then and then TGI took me in. Thank you to uh, one David oh, one Super Mobs McDugan or McDuggan and the Big Met. We got no game sense here. No game sense. Where are you calling from? Uh, I'm calling from Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, Ohio. We love Ohioans on the show. Is that how you say it? Um, you've yeah. been on the show previously, I believe, right? Yeah, one time. Nice. What do you want to talk about on the show? Yeah, so I kind of I wanted to bring it back to more about Lockin, I guess. And I'm not a 100 Thieves hater, and I feel like there's been a lot of a lot a lot of 100 Thieves contrarians on the show tonight, maybe, but. I'm going to talk about why I think 100 Thieves won't win lock-in despite winning their group because I think that TL or EG are more favorable because they have better players in bottom and jungle, which I believe... Peter perked up. 
<laughs> I believe to be 100 Thieves win conditions is bot and jungle. And I think that if TL play with Corey J and if EG, if Danny has improved in his laning, I think they have a possibility to beat 100 Thieves um, in a best of three, best of five, whatever the format is, uh, once it gets out of groups. And, and you're a little quiet, so um, if you can, I mean, we're going to throw it over to, to Mark and Peter here in a second, but if you can get a little closer to the mic, I have you at 200%. Um, okay. okay. Uh, Mark and Peter, uh, who wants to start us off? Did you uh, see that EG have promoted like some random rookie who's like the, what did Inven say? He's the like 10th best rookie in the Proving Ground second. Oh, that's what Inven said? Yeah, it was the Inven article. They were like, oh, Jojo Pian is like a mid-tier. Um, they went through all of his stats and were like, okay, this oh, guy. Oh, I remember that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because at, um, yeah, okay. So so we promoted like a Fortnite player. Um, you know, he doesn't really play League, right? He's He only plays Fortnite and he's just role swapped to AD carry, right? From AD carry, because oh. he only plays AD carry in Sonic. So I, I think that, you know, relying on EG to be better than than Thieves, given those... The situations is is probably relying a bit too much on inspired but you know maybe maybe we can go and see tl should be really really interesting obviously we haven't scrimmed them um they are uh they're they're in our group um i'm excited just as excited as everyone else to see how bjergsen will be when he comes back in um obviously hans hammer is i mean when i was watching on solo queue um I, I i remember asking jojo and danny who is this guy who's who's in your games all the time he's crazy good and it was Hans Hammer uh, during Worlds, so so I think I think um, I think TL have the potential to be really good. They've got a good coaching staff behind them. They've got like uh, talent across all the roles. But um, you know, team cohesion takes a long time to build, uh, and that's why I think Hundred Thieves are a good team to back. Uh, I promise you, will be entertaining. Right. I, I will say uh, this: uh, uh, you won't promise they'll be good. I, I promise they'll be entertaining, and I promise we'll be good by the end of the week. Okay. Um, I want to say this before I throw it over to Mark. I do have one criticism of both Jojo Pion and Inspired, and I think you need to work with them on this stuff. Um, I think it was Inspired that did it. Uh, they had really shitty AMAs, I will just say. Uh, I was appreciative that they did AMAs. It was Inspired, right, that did it as well? Inspired was hilarious. Like, there's all these people saying, you know, oh, oh, how do you feel about being a traitor and things like this? And he just replies in the most hilarious response, like in the most ridiculous over-the-top responses. It was hilarious. Okay, I'm, I'm looking think, like, up because said, maybe oh, it got you know, better after I opened it up jungler, for a while. Junglers, junglers in NA are better than junglers in EU. Okay, he did say that, which was pretty good. <laughs> um, so, his, okay, his were a couple, but make... God damn, I, pro players used to be able to type more than three words in a sentence in these AMAs, and uh, and like people don't do AMAs that much more anymore, but both the JoJo... Zoomer attention span, man. They, they, they get out three words before they got to go look at something else. Somebody asked him, what are you inspired by? And he replied, skilled players. You know, it's just like, come on, inspired. Like, give us something. Yeah, there were a couple bangers in here, but uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, why did you renew your contract and then leave two months later? I'm young. I do stupid things in life. Was... <laughs> That's a pretty good. Yeah, good. No, but you didn't like how JoJo said every single Western mid laner was garbage. Uh, I didn't see that. How do you feel about Malrang being a rumored replacement? Do you think he can fit into the team? Hard to say was the reply. Uh, it's just sometimes... Um, Sometimes, but but JoJo's was was really rough. Again, I want to give them credit for doing AMAs when nobody else does, but like, 
Uh, I hope that this is something you can, you and other people at, at EG can help them with. Okay. Um, Mark, what do you think? Yes. Going back to the caller's take, what do you think? Um, I, I, I'm relatively hot on C9, especially, or excuse me, uh, 100 Thieves, especially given that TL might not have, uh, or JJ, as was heavily hinted at by <laughs> Peter here. Um, I think the team will have a lot of new players, obviously. Like, z zero of those play I guess technically Bjergsen and uh, Santorin have played together, but that was years ago. So none, none of any existing synergy. I mean, EG obviously has a bunch of new players as well, but I think that's why 100 Thieves is probably the favorite. It depends how much they're going to try out tenacity and give their younger players experience versus win. Um, but I, I think they should still be the heavy favorites given that they also just won the LCS. So I'm, I'm giving them the, the nod, but I'm, I'm very interested in Group B. I would almost want to ask Peter, who do you think... What do you think Group B will shake out? We did a call about Group A. What do you, what do you think about Group B? I think it's good meta for PoE. Um, so Immortals are pretty scary. Um, I have literally no idea how good TL will be. There's a lot of strong voices on that team. I'm sure they'll fix it at some point. But um, uh, I'm really excited to see how TL will, will be. Um, obviously, I'm excited to see how EG will be. I think people will um, will be surprised. Um, when they see EG on stage, hopefully for the better. Um, and who else do we have? We have Dignitas. CLG. Ooh. Oh, yeah. The, oh, CLG. CLG is good because JoJo and contracts were like Batman and Robin. I'm not going to say who was Batman and who was Robin in Academy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so, so I think there's, a, there's some pretty cool storylines around that. Um, and Dignitas. Have, so, Dignitas. Uh, We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe there'll be something spicy for the Dignitas game. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> for CLG, I, I've been riding the Copium a little bit on CLG, going to be like my dark horse for this split. I assume you guys aren't really screaming them because you're in, they're in your group, but have you heard anything for the CLG fans who have been just brutalized for the last two years? Is there any spark of hope maybe you can you can lend them from scrims? I mean, we haven't screwed CLG, so unfortunately. But, but has anyone else been like, oh yeah, CLG's looking like doo-doo, or they're like, oh, they're not that bad? Like, have, has, has the rumor mill gotten to you? Unfortunately not. Uh, oh. But I, I, I'll try to ask Contract, and then he won't tell me the truth. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Also, I just realized earlier in the show, because they're both green teams, and POE was on FlyQuest before, I said POE was on FlyQuest when I was talking about Group A. I'm a dumbass. They, I mean, I, Mark, I don't blame you. These team, these pl these players end up on every team at some point in time because they're incapable of staying on a team for longer <laughs> than a year. So it's yeah. uh, not difficult, um, or it's difficult, I think, to to do this. Okay, uh, no game sense. Thank you for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we go on to our last caller? Um, not really. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, thank you. Sorry we didn't have more space for for you to talk, but we're a little over time. So thank you again. Yeah, that's all good. And uh, keep holding it down in Cincinnati. Yes, sir. See ya. Okay, on to our last caller. Thank you to uh, the Big Met for giving a sub out. Very much appreciated. Um, okay, it's Copas. Copas is here. Copas, where are you calling from? I am calling from Columbus, Ohio, and I want to say hot diggity dog. I'm on Hotline League. I mean, there's a set. This is two Ohio callers in a row. I don't know what it is without Ohio. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? So I got a spicy one for you here. Is that Xerxes and Poe will be the best mid jungle in the league 
Xerxes and Poe. Okay. When, 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 when? At the beginning, at least. So this I know is like a take where it's hot for the sake of Hotline League. A lot of things have to go right. But it's one of those things where I wouldn't be surprised, and so I'm going to argue for it. Okay, go for it. Yeah, explain. Explain it. All right, so there's two parts. First of all, why they're going to do well, and then I'll go real quick over their competition. Won't do as well. Okay. So I'm hoping for a similar run back to when PLE was with Santora on FlyQuest. Um, I think it's a good PLE meta, and I think he's going to be back in form. And then PLE's junglers have consistently been performing really well with him. Spica, MVP, first team All Pro. Santor, first team All Pro. Even Wiggly was an All Pro when he was with PLE. And I think Xerxes been underrated for a long time. He got All Pro votes last year, including from Peter um, on the show here. So that kind of works out well for me. So Damn, you did your homework before this. Responses. What the hell? You I looked do. up who gave? Okay, continue. Sorry. I think this is a good pause, and then we can go over some of their competition if you have any disagreements yet. No, it makes sense. All right, cool. I'm digging it. So let's go into their competition a little bit here. There's, First of all, we can kind of skip over the bottom four teams of Golden Guardian, CLG, Fly, and Dig. Half those teams haven't been good or relevant since PoE left them, so I'm not going to waste time. Bla- I mean, a Blaze them. Olive was somebody who I think... Uh, was a lot of people were, were considering for All-Pro last year. So um... Yeah, but Golden Guardians is also one of those teams that's going to be struggling with Visa issues, so Blaze Olive won't even be dueling with his jungler for a long time here, it seems like. Okay, so, sorry, continue. Yeah, so the TSM, C9, and EG rookie mids, I think are just not going to work out, either not at all, or it's going to take too long to get going. So I think... TSM's mid isn't even here yet. Um, it's easy to not put any to push them out the thing. I don't think Fudge is going to work well for mid lane in general. Why? I think so. I think Fudge is going to struggle with like I think he struggled in lane in some degrees. I think he was always a really good playmaker, but I don't think he had lane prowess. And I think his wave management was weird. And I think that's going to make his mid lane be not good. And so I think basically all those three rookie mids aren't going to do well. Um, I guess we have to talk about JoJo a little bit. I think EG might be the biggest threat because I think EG's plan is going to be to play around mid. I think they basically have to, so JoJo doesn't go 0-10. But we're just going to, for the sake of this call, say he's going to go 0-10 anyways. Have you uh, heard of Team Liquid? So, yes, this one I'm really happy to talk about. TL and 100 Thieves, I think they are not going to be in contention because they're going to be playing through bot. They both have, once Cordata gets promoted especially, the best bot lanes in the league. And so I think they're just going to be focusing on that. And so they're not going to have mid jungle shine. Um, same as when FlyQuest, PLE, and Santor were the top uh, in the league. You had TL and C9 being strong. But they weren't playing through their mid laners. And that's why Fly and uh, Santor and PLE were the best then. And that's why it's going to be the same on IMT. Mark, Mark, before we get to Peter just explaining how EG is definitely going to have the best mid jungle duo, uh what what do you think of this take is there a chance uh i disagree with it but i think copus did a really good job laying out a lot of reasonable opinions um i will say i mean some of the things this is like well they're not even here yet so like who knows speak of Kato, you know who knows how that kind of develops in the future <laughs> i did like the 
basically just saying, well, Fudge is going to suck. He's too new. <laughs> and like throwing all the all the rookies out uh, just on the basis of being rookies, I feel like is painting with maybe a little too too broad of a brushstroke. Um, I, I do think some of them can contest. Um, and, you know, there's also closer. Abadaga is just going to be really good still, I think. Um, and Bjergsen Santorum probably won't take too much time to beat the rest off because I think one of my bigger problems with the take that I would, I would agree more fundamentally on is like just because they're not playing through mid that they are suddenly not going to be able to contest your mid jungle. And I think that's especially true given like, well, for PoE, he just like was never that uh, mid jungle oriented of, of a mid laner. I mean, he does get a fair amount of jungle attention, but it's rarely like a lot of the time it's, it's like playing around his more passive picks and making sure his wave states are in good ways and um, controlling, you know, making sure that he's got his vision control out and, and these kinds of things versus like roaming together or making a ton of plays, whereas I think other combos are more aggressive. Yeah. And so in that sense, you know, like Xerxes and PoE are not two super aggressive players. I think they'll work well together. I think you have a point about how how they might see the game the same way. But if your point is that other people aren't going to be playing through mid lane, I don't really think they'll be playing through mid lane. I think like it'll be scaling picks and these kinds of things that he's done before. So that's why... That little point of logic I disagree with, and as well as kind of just brushing aside anyone who's who's got a rookie mid. I mean, I like I liked pointing out what Poe has done for his junglers previously, and I think that's really cool. Whenever people are able to point out like a trend that kind of goes unnoticed, and I don't know how many mm -hmm. people talk about what Poe does. Um, I w do want to ask you, Cope, is where do you think IMT will place? Like, let's so, just say in in regular season spring, like before playoffs, where do you think they'll be? Yeah, so the, first of all, this take, um, or if we're assuming Beast issues, I think they could jump up a couple of spots. But assuming everyone had their rosters, I have them at sixth overall by the end of spring. Um, I do think they'll be consistent and get a lot of wins. I think they'll be the best of the bottom five, but I'm not sure they're going to consistently break over the top five teams. See, my problem is that's where I, I struggle because I think it's just really hard to be the best mid-jungle duo in the league when you're not on a top five team. Like, yeah. even in a world where, like, maybe secretly you are, you know, where, like, if if you just paid some really brilliant analysts to pay exclusive attention to mid and jungle and, like, just rate all the teams off that and maybe ignore even, like, late game stuff so you never know the results and placings on the stuff, maybe you could secretly be the best mid jungle duo. Will anyone realize that if you are on the sixth place team in the league? And so I think that that's one of my concerns for this take is, like, it maybe is even in a world where it's possible, like I just don't think it's practical because I don't think that people will ever really recognize it because like well, they were doing really great and then like somebody fed and suddenly their other jungler took off and then they lost control or something. You know, it's like the, the, the you just lose too much control, I think, of, of these games to kind of really be able to delineate that. Um Peter, why why is it gonna be E. G. definitely, I guess? I mean, why would it be EG? I mean, neither neither Inspired nor Jojo Trin have won a single game in LCS, right? And we all know how strong a region LCS is. So, I mean, we just go over all the mid laners in the league. You have Takui hasn't won a game in LCS. Takeover hasn't won a game in LCS. Jojo hasn't. Blue hasn't. Fudge hasn't as a mid laner. Um, TL just promoted some random coach to their mid lane position. So, you know, you can't hope too much there. So, I mean, what can we say, right? It's 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 all open there. All the, all they need is one of Close or Abadage to 
to to get sick on game day and they will be the the best mid jungle to be too. How how good do you actually think PoE and Xerxes will be though because as the caller pointed out you had you had uh, some Take a is fantastic at doing which is dragging games out to a crawl every team he is on you can guarantee that will go to to be one of the longest game time teams in the entire league uh, whilst he scales on his jungle picks which is a skill and what i would say is that you have a uh control mage specialist in uh, on a patch where oriana So really, really strong. All of these really, really strong control majors. It's not impossible, right? Um, if, if, if they are going to be the best, it will be a 50-minute game meta uh, with Dragon Souls not being that powerful, but I can see it, right? Obviously, um, I think that just inspired by himself will beat most of these mid-jungles 2v2, and Jojo doesn't have to doesn't have to do much, but, you know. <laughs> Uh, but as long as, as as long as Jojo performs how he's performing in scrims, like I said, people will be very, very surprised come, come players. Um and you know, I, I thought it was a very well argued take. I don't I don't have I don't have a, a strong opinion. Um, you know, I he almost got me on board, but then I then I opened the uh Leakpedia page for LCS and then I looked at my roster and I was like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no. But you know, it, if, if you took the argument that that you know this is a this is a year this year with a lot of players who haven't played that much LCS before, um, and somebody who was a coach last year, it's not impossible, right? So it will be interesting. I could see them being top three in players, right? You do have me worried, Peter, because you did at the beginning of the show. It took you a second to remember your jungler, and you just said you had to open the league Pedia page. Yeah, to, to, uh, to find your roster, so yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, there's I, only a couple days left. You need to figure yeah, this out. Yeah, I mean, like I, I keep forgetting that I have inspired as my jumper. I'm realizing that this is why we don't. The teams can't announce who's competing <laughs> for Lockhead because they still don't even know who their roster is. Uh, yeah, this they is keep really looking at their visas. They're like, are they here yet? I don't even know who's scrimming. They all got yeah, 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 yeah. All it's remote. Always, it's, all, it's all this doom and gloom. And then I open up my the Leapedia page and I look at my roster and I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. This year is free. Okay, so there you go. Kobiz, thank you for the take. I think it was really unique, and it's one of those uh, those calls where if I hadn't trolled by giving a victory call, oh, fuck it. I'll just do it. Okay. Congratulations. You are our second victory caller of the night. I really I thought it was really wow. unique. We you, can do two? You, well, uh, I don't know. It's, you know, why not? Um, I'll work it out. Um, I know I love that your take was well researched. I thought it was really good and uh, really unique. And like, look, it's really easy to call in and say CLG is going to shit the bed or uh, CLG is going to be amazing because that's like half of our calls. But I think having a research take about this was, was pretty good. So I sent you a friend request and uh, we'll get your info set up. Um, anything you want to shout out before we say goodbye? Thank you, Travis. I know it was a hot take here and uh, I think... It is. I don't know if I'd uh, bet on it happening, but I was thinking maybe it could happen. And that's why I wanted to give those players a shout out. And I'll give a shout out to a couple friends here. I have a friend Green Man, my friend Derek, my friend Marshy, my friend Dr. Alberts, and then of course to the Oracle's Elixir Discord where you can come talk with more hot takes with me. Very good. Is this just Tim with a voice changer pretending he lives in Ohio? Nah, Tim hates POE. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he likes JoJo. All right. Anyway, uh... I will. <laughs> I'll catch you later, Copas, but thanks again Bye. for the call. See you. Thanks. Yeah. Bye. 
Uh, great episode tonight. I really loved it. I thought it was super fun. Um, we did a great job for not knowing who's competing in this tournament that is starting on. P- Peter Carey. That's that's why it turned out. Yeah. So true. Um, all right. Well, uh, Peter, what do you want to shout out? Yeah, just like to shout out EG. Uh, EG Prodigies played their first game of the season, won their first game of the season today, you know, in the tournament that everyone cares about, which is Proving Grounds and Qualifiers, which I'm, I'm there. Uh, yeah, thank you, Travis, for having me on. Thank you for all our callers for having the, all of the very interesting takes today. And yeah, looking forward to lock-in, looking forward to uh, LCS this year. Promises to be one of the most interesting years of LCS in history because every team, whether or not you agree with them or not, has a different take and a very interesting way that they've approached coming into this season, right? Whether or not you think Cloud9 have made the right choice, whether or not you think EG, TSM, TL, you know, even CLG and all of these orgs, they all, there's always some, there's something interesting for every single one. And therefore that promises to make this upcoming season very, very interesting. Keep watching. Boom. Mark. Yep. What do you want to shout out? You uh, I want to shout, shout out, out now. My... You didn't used to, so go for it. I actually, I actually need to shout shit out now. It's crazy. Uh, go follow my Twitch. It's twitch.tv slash the Mark Z with two E's. Same as my Twitter and everything else. Uh, I actually stream there most days of the week in the like late mornings, early afternoons. Definitely sub to me over Travis. I'm a way better person to sub to. My emote game is better. I actually have alerts on. Like Travis doesn't do fuck all for you if you sub for him. But if you uh, sub I have. Me, wait, oh, hang on, hang on. I have alerts on. You only added alerts recently. I they have don't way even more have emotes. Speech if you donate to Travis, I bet he doesn't do text to speech. There's no sound to his alerts. You know, there's nothing going there's on. There's no sound because it would sub- ruin Hotline League. Sub to me. I'll ruin my content for you if you pay me. I will say you ha- yeah. you do have great emotes. Uh, what is? I don't know what the first one is. The little animated one. Oh, that's like they give you a free one when you get. Like I could remove it now. I should remove it. Yeah, I was confused by what. <laughs> I don't it is. know what it is. There's a hot tub one. There's the the your face melting one, which is your favorite. There's your goddamn cat looking terrible, and then there's a great picture of a beautiful image of your girlfriend. Uh, yes, that's that's uh, just a, a fantastic uh, expression. <laughs> King Clover got timed out for using my emote in your chat. It's yes. so funny. I need to change the name so people can spam that in your chat. Yeah. Uh, it's fantastic what else Mark what else do you have to promote Uh, also on uh, Travis's YouTube channel I'll be putting all my league content in the future basically Um, so power rankings my blame game is coming back I recorded one should be up there on Wednesday that'll be really fun Uh, on my personal YouTube page I do mostly movies and video reviews just like shit I'm actually doing in my personal life it's actually more like a personal YouTube page Um, that's it I think Yes. That's everything. And Genshin, but you know, you already know that. Yes, we got resin refresh tomorrow. Uh yes, sir. Mark and I do a lot of stuff now. Uh Mark more than me lately, even. Uh anyway, thank you, Peter, for coming on the show. Thank you, uh, Mark, for um doing more work with me out of the just general passion for our content and not for any other desperate reasons uh for i for... put in another sponsor plug in in my uh, blame game again i'm just i'm just asking for sponsors everywhere yes. i can go yes uh oh we should actually talk about well i guess we can use my outro for this week's episode but i wonder if at some point in time whatever um this has been a great episode i'm gonna stream some genshin after this uh i have been streaming more lately it's been fun it's mostly genshin content so people who don't know that uh i apologize but it's a good game you should try it out 
Uh, and uh, yeah, thanks everyone. We'll be having coverage of Lock-In starting this weekend. So be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel and stuff if you haven't and stay tuned for that. And we'll catch you next week.